0: Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello
3: and welcome in to a
0: football Friday and a free beer Friday edition
3: of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. You can find us online, PR927FM.com. And you can watch our show on Facebook Live and on YouTube as uh, we got a fun show planned for you today. We're going to talk about it all. We're going to talk football. We're going to talk hoops. We're going to talk baseball as well. Coming up later on uh, this hour, we'll talk some golf. Harold Varner III is out in Vegas, the new dad, participating out there uh, in a PGA tournament. So we'll have updates on that and talk to Mark Greenheld from the Golf Shop Radio Show. He'll join us at around 3 40 at 4 o'clock tony dunn carolinecatchronicles.com will join us glenn will be a part of the picks today the big dog glenn griffin is here we will take a look at the upcoming uh, week six nfl slate we'll ask tony what happened to the panthers against the eagles and preview panthers vikings and make all our picks for the upcoming nfl sunday at 4 35 we'll catch up with thomas francisco had an awesome career at east carolina a great 2021 and was called up to uh a baseball with the peoria chiefs he's in the st louis cardinals organization so he's already uh making a splash in minor league baseball we'll catch up with thomas francisco talk about his time at east carolina uh his year in minor league baseball and a lot more that coming up in hour number two morgan aylers the voice of dotty ficklin stadium and Minji's coliseum joins us at five o'clock and brian north from wcti 12 will talk some football with us at 5:20. it's a lot of stuff coming up on this show charlie rhodes is here glenn griffin is here and former east carolina defensive coordinator rick smith kicks us off on a friday coach good to see you man good to see here see you too looking good as always you always got some nice gear on
4: Well, you know, I coached here almost nine years, so I got a lot of gear. A lot of
3: cool gear. And
4: I get to put it on. I put it on for your show. (laughs) Looking pretty. I I can wear some more stuff, too. I got some Alabama stuff, Georgia Tech stuff, Baylor stuff. You know, I coached a lot of places in 50 years.
3: Yeah, you have. Well, uh, we'll have Rick Smith story time at some point today. (laughs) That's the best part of the show, when you get into your stories. Uh, Coach, you said last week, I remember off the air, when you came in, before we even got on the show, Talking about UCF, you said, this is a game ECU should win. And I thought that was a little strong. I didn't know if I would use the word should. I would have used could. But then I watched the game. I saw them have a lead in the fourth quarter and said, yeah. well, Coach Smith was right. They should have won that game. Should have.
4: Uh, I, I, You know, I was, I was upset when we lost it because I felt like we had to win that one to ensure, you know, six wins, you know, for the season. And get a bowl bid. But we got six left. We just got to find three out of the six and, you know, three out of the six and get our sixth win of the year. And maybe we, if we're lucky and we quit turning the ball over, we will uh, win maybe four or five.
3: Well, uh, I'm going to, this week, coach, we went out to the listeners, the, the viewers of this show, and we got grades for the offense, defense, special teams. So I'm going to a- ask you your grades coming up later for the team so far because we're at the midway point. But first, uh, I, I want to ask you about the the fourth and eight. That was a big topic on the post game show. The previous play, so UCF's driving late in the game. The previous play, ECU sends an all out blitz. They blitz everybody. I think the pass is either incomplete or completed for a short gain uh, because they made him throw quick. So then it's fourth and eight, and we're wondering, well, where's where are the linebackers? Where's everybody at? They send three. And UCF gets the first down, eventually they get a touchdown. ECU defensive coordinator Blake Harrell talked about the fourth and eight play. I wanna we'll hear what he had to say and I want to get your take on it as a former D coordinator. This is uh cut three, Shirley, from Blake Harrell.
5: Yeah, so so that's the one to keep you up, right? because it's fourth and eight, it's time to get off the field. You know, it's around the you know, just across their, their side of the field there. Um, you know, you don't you don't want to expose yourself and give up a big play or, you know, possibly let them get in the end zone right there. You know, so you got two trains of thoughts. One, hey, let's go win it. Let's get off the field right here, get the ball back to our offense. It could be gained, game, even though they had three timeouts at the time. Um, another train of thought is, hey, you know, we want to win it, get a stop, but we want to make sure we don't give up anything stupid, give up a big, big play and, and let them drop. And, uh, you know, we zeroed out the play before. On third and eight, we zeroed out, brought seven, uh, put, put our guys in the old man man so stress those guys back there. Uh, our tendency is probably, you know, my tendency over the last two seasons is fourth down. We're coming to get you. We're zeroing out. We're bringing seven. We're bringing the house. And um, thought they'd have a plan for that. You know, we got the route we thought we'd get. The back leaked out. You know, earlier in the game, they ran the same route, and the back leaks and sits to the field, uh, right where Bruce was sitting. This time, he leaks out. and We kind of sink a little bit too far and don't drive it as good as we should. And, you know, he get, he gets the, the first down there. So, you know, we all look at ourselves. Play, players are pulling the thumb and say, hey, what could I do better on this rep? You know, I'm pulling the thumb and say, how can I put us in a better call in this rep? So. Uh, you got to learn from it. You got to move on. And, and like you said, that going will keep you up for a long time. Um, it's frustrating because you could easily be sitting here, uh, you know, four and two. You know, a couple more breaks. You could be sitting here five and one. You know, a couple other breaks the other way. We could be sitting here one and five. So at the end of the day, thank God we're three and three. And uh, we got a lot of work left to do and a uh, last season left to play six games that I, I feel really good about going and, 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 and competing and, and getting some wins and trying to get to a bowl game and see if we can't make a. A little noise in this conference and, and be there you know come late november playing for something that matters
3: all right there's blake harrell and at, at the time we were saying you know what why did they not blitz is he overthinking it and he kind of said there his tendency there and you talked about tendencies from the offensive side last week coach but he says usually he sends the house in that in that situation he didn't on saturday night what were you thinking when you saw that situation
4: i thought sure he would have blitzed i mean that's his tendency uh I think he made a good decision not to blitz because his tendency is to blitz. I thought he would catch him off guard. Uh, And he even, I don't know if you remember the play, but he disguised blitz. You know, he had his outside backers up on the line and they dropped. Uh, But you can't, you know, you, you know, when it's over, it's over. And you can sit there and second guess, you know, until you turn gray-headed like me. But, uh you know and if they blitzed it might have been a touchdown you just don't ever know uh but he has to live with that decision i I thought it was a good decision all right and um you know hell go down the road (laughs) we had uh
3: dj ford ecu safety in here earlier in the week and he said that they ran earlier in the game i thought back to you because last week i said you got to blitz this guy he's a young guy and you said Really, what you need to do is disguise what you're yeah. going to do, and yeah. and get in his head, and, and make sure he don't know what's happening. And DJ said they did a a good job a couple plays earlier in the game of disguising, not sending a blitz, and it worked out. So you uh, and and to hear you say you thought it was the right call, it, it was just not executed, and yeah. they got the first down. So be it. But uh, that, that's part of the chess match every yeah. week, right? And you you don't
4: you know you don't want to give up a fourth and eight. Uh, you know I don't. I don't remember the coverage he was in, but I know it wasn't a blitz. If I'm not mistaken, he was in a man free. Uh, he had he had one safety deep playing zone. He had a robber in the middle of the field playing zone, and everybody else played man. He played five under man. You know, two corners were man, and he had a robber in the middle. I think that's what. It, but it's hard to to, to tell on TV. Uh, you know, that's a good coverage, but you know, you, you're still only rushing four and you know
3: what happened happened they got it and we didn't <laughs> and the frustrating thing your defense had a chance to to win it for you there at the end but before that the offense had a chance to stay on the field yeah. but they go three and out so it was equally frustrating coach two opportunities both sides of the ball with a chance to close that one out on a Saturday night well if
4: I'm not mistaken uh, we had how many turnovers
3: three we had the fumble at the beginning of the game they had a interception well and and a couple of the turnovers so one was at the end of the first half which really didn't hurt that much and one was on like a lateral play at the end which counted as a fumble the one that kills you is keaton mitchell who's had a great year fumbles going in early in the game to put you up 7 nothing. just something
4: you know and I've watched the game and I always go back to when I was coordinator what are some of the things I always preached you know and, and one thing I always preached you know of course was penalties you know we had 8 they had 4 uh, third down they were 5 of 15 so we were great on third down but even on on offense we weren't very
3: good well that's been the trend all year
4: now uh turnovers we had three and they had one run they ran the ball every time they averaged 5.3 yards a snap we averaged 3.6 uh i would be real upset with my defense always telling guys 3.3 is all you can give up and i always wanted it to be less than three But uh, end of the third quarter, you're leading the game 13 to 10. You can't lose ball games in the fourth quarter. We gave up 10 points, and we only scored three. So, again, it goes back to the fourth quarter. You go back and look at how many games we've lost in the fourth quarter. I don't know what. Winning's a habit, unfortunately, so is losing.
3: Yeah, and you've got two now that you can look back on if you really want to bang your head into a wall and say south carolina ucf yeah. i mean leads in the second half yeah. and 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 you walk away with losses there so well coach uh give us uh give us your grade offensively so the pirates at times have they've shown some flashes they've also been bad on the offensive side of the ball so how would you grade the offense through six games so far yeah my see okay that was about the consensus. Yeah, actually, some were a little harsher than you, but yeah.
4: Overall, a C in critical situations, a C minus.
3: Right. Okay.
4: When you gotta have it,
3: we don't do it. And the third down percentage on it, the year is highlights that.
4: Yeah. What is the what is it?
3: Oh man, I was hoping you wouldn't ask. Let's pull well, it up on that's... the UB stat sheet. Uh, it has been a. Uh, a bugaboo for the pirates all year now they were able to mask that in the two lane game because they converted so many fourth downs um but third down has been an issue so on the year i'll pull it up here coach east carolina is converting let's see 28 percent. 25 crazy. of 88
4: that's that's not good when i was the d coordinator i remember sitting down and, and talking with uh, some offensive coaches because I wanted to be able to give my defensive kids goals that were, uh, you know, attainable on defense on third down. And uh, I came up with okay, if it's third and five or less, we got to win 70% of the time. Third and three, we got to win 70% of the time. Now, third and eight, I was happy if we won, I, and I, which they told me I was crazy, but I said, we're going to win that 50% of the time. And they were saying, well, you probably shouldn't win, but 30% of the time. <laughs> but we made those goals because we preached them. You know, and, of course, you can't always blitz when it's third and one or third and three.
3: All right, well, we're, let's go to the defense. Let me ask you, what's a, a good percentage overall you want from your defense on third downs?
4: Well, I think I think it goes back to – the. You break it down. You're right. going to be better on. You're going to be better on third and seven sure. than you are third and three. So, so my goal was if it was third and three or less, I wanted to win fifty percent of the time. If it was third six seven, if it was third and four five and six, I wanted to win sixty percent of the time. And anything over that, I was going to win seventy percent of the time.
3: So overall, because I don't have those overall
4: sixty percent
3: well how about teams are converting 35 percent on third downs on east carolina's defense that's a good number
4: that's a dang take good that. i'll take that that okay. means you're winning seven to ten
3: yes sir so that is a good number so what's your grade overall for the defense through six games
4: I think, really, they've played well the last two weeks. I would give them a B-. Yeah. I think they're playing better than the offense.
3: They're uh, And, unfortunately, we lost the turnover battle this week. But one thing they have been doing, they've been forcing turnovers, at least one, yeah. you know, every week. So they've been doing that. And the two games they lost that we say coulda, shoulda, woulda, the defense kept them in the game. I mean, South Carolina they played good. And then last week against UCF. so.
4: I know. I just the one thing I wrote down here on my notes was that we we gave up three point six yards a run, and our offense, I mean our offense made three point six, and uh, Central Florida per run was five point three, which I think I got it backwards. I do. Our defense held them. To, we were three point 6 and our offense averaged 5.3 against them which was pretty good by the offense
3: well and central florida was really stymied they had one drive i want to say it was in the third quarter where they got moving the ball on the ground for the most part their quarterback didn't hurt us that much Mm -hmm. at all um but uh the pirates play well defensively special teams this year coach they haven't broke one big in the return game we haven't had a big return punting's been good kicking's been improving so what would you give the uh, special teams right now
4: they hadn't hurt us but they hadn't helped
3: us. right so so
4: about average yeah just average yeah you know you'd like to have a punt return you know for a touchdown a kickoff return yeah i mean and i think we've had some decent returns
3: as uh, your time uh as a defensive coordinator and also a secondary coach were you ever involved in special teams
4: yeah everywhere i, the, I think the last couple of years here i wasn't but uh golly for i can't tell you how many one year at georgia tech i had the punters i coached the punters now what do
3: you do to coach a punter what does that mean
4: i had a really good punter
3: oh good so you were a good coach then and here's what here's
4: what i told him i said catch the number one thing is to catch the snap Mm -hmm. and kick it <laughs>
3: hey, it ain't hard, folks. You know, and this kid,
4: of course, he he'd been our punter for a couple of years before I got the job. You know, and I just and like Coach Curry, who was who was our head coach, he told me he said, "Don't tell him anything but to catch the snap."
6: <laughs> so
4: I, I said, "Now, I hey, just catch the snap. That's the first thing you got to do, and that's the only thing I'm going to tell you." And I can remember, man, I was studying up on punters. I talked to people. Coach sent me some kicking camps. And I can remember uh, who was the punter. He was an NFL punter for the Raiders. And uh, he said, Coach, the only thing you need to teach that punter is the proper drop. You know, of course, the uh, first thing he's got to do is catch the punt. The second thing, that drop's got to be, he can't, the tip can't be down or up. It's got to, you know, and I would watch the watch the snap he'd catch it and i'd watch the drop and he'd punt it he was pretty good
3: what year were you at georgia tech do you remember
4: oh i was there in 77 i uh, think i left there in 85
3: there's a guy named jeff pierce who had the most punting yeah, I all remember time him. remember him okay so um I, but i guess now when it came to uh um, the coverage units and stuff you were more you had to actually tell them what to do right yeah <laughs> and now I-,
4: I had the gunners for years uh you know the two wide guys going down i had them for years now one year i had i had uh the left the right guard tackle in end
3: so that's how it's broken down amongst the staff yeah you re- okay that's really uh
4: now some coaches uh some head coaches will give like like i'm trying to think uh i had kickoff coverage that was my deal. I was the head coach for kickoff coverage. But now I had three coaches that helped me, and they did what I asked them to do. Then I was like on the, the punt team. That one year I had the, the right guard tackle in end, and then the next year, several years I had the punters. Uh, so, yeah, I was involved for years on every special team, every coach. And some coaches would have a coordinator – and that coordinator was in charge of each. And then, what most of the coaches did in the old days was: this guy's kickoff coverage; he's the guy. Mm-hmm. This guy has the punt, and everybody helped.
3: Gotcha. Did, so, on a fake punt, would that be your responsibility, or is that the head coach, the offensive coordinator, who's who's drawing those up?
4: On a fake punt, it was whoever the punt punting whoever was in charge of the punt team
3: so that but, year you had the punter would that have been you
4: but i couldn't do that without permission
3: right right you don't make the call no. but you do okay
4: yeah i would have to i would have to come up with the play right how we want okay. to do it but the head coach would say <coughs> he would tell me when to do it
3: yeah uh rick smith joining us to tell you what let's take a timeout we'll come back we'll have more with coach smith on this bye week east carolina three and three you got houston coming up Next Saturday, we'll uh, talk more football with Coach Rick Smith when we return after this.
0: You're listening to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Vacation spots are right here in your very own backyard. Take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins. And uh, that can be rented with Wi-Fi. And if you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock.
3: Back with you on Pirate Radio Live on a football Friday, a free beer Friday. We'll have a giveaway coming up, another Bud Light Seltzer Fall Flannel Pack. So we got that coming up uh, in hour number three
1: we also have some halloween express gift cards to give away one in the three o'clock at this hour yeah and one in the next hour
3: maybe uh we'll do that when we take this time out we'll give away our first one
1: this this, after this segment
3: yep okay let's do that so get ready to call in uh, at the end of this segment also one time in hour number two and uh we'll do our our free beer giveaway in hour number three all right coach rick smith is here looking at east carolina on a bye week coach and uh real quick uh steve hill asking is chandler at another wedding that guy gets more days off like we've been here for decades chandler's been here for five minutes gets a, a day off i want every to know week. what
2: the company vacation policy is yeah what's okay. the official yeah I, need, I mean i do- need to know these things Granted, like I'm not here every day, but I pretty much work all the time.
3: This guy's you work just, from home. This guy's just living all life all, all
2: the time, like twenty four seven on call, baby. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. world of social media never stops. Channel. We'll see. He went to Key West,
1: uh, wedding, 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 wedding.
2: I think the one I found most offensive was missing the regional <laughs> for the bachelor party. That ah yes, the that bachelor cause, party because that the bachelor party was down in like Key West or whatever. Like it was, it was. It was an excursion.
3: Next man up, right, coach? If he ain't here, we got a show That's goes right. on. So, we uh, thanks for being here, Big Dog. Uh, Steven has a question. He says, Why is it only some teams have a reputation for success on special teams like Virginia Tech and Beamerball? Uh, all teams practice it, but is it just when a head coach makes it a priority, those teams have success? So, uh, there's a good question there at the end. Some coaches you've coached with have maybe prioritized it more than others coach would you say or
4: yeah uh i've never worked for one that didn't really push special teams uh you know and i've worked on a staff where one guy was the head of each special team and he you know gave each coach a uh, a job to do on that particular special team I've been on other staffs where, like I know for all those years I was with Coach Curry, I was the kickoff coverage guy, and I was I was the guy. I mean, you know, everybody worked for me. Uh, and then I was working for, uh, like, there was another coach that had the punters. Well, I was the gunner guy. I had the two widest guys, the gunners that went down. That was the two guys I coached. Uh, you know every coach just does it different i mean that's the only two ways you can do it yeah and i've been in both ways
3: and practice time is precious it's probably more precious today than it was when you first got into coaching you could probably practice more but how much do you remember coach through the years do you focus on special teams like per day or per week how much you know
4: well usually you'll do you, you we did punt every day every coach i ever worked for we did punt every day and punt was usually the first thing we did after stretch i mean you did punt and then uh, like kickoff coverage i got one day i had to, i had kickoff coverage for 100 years uh, i got one day <laughs> one day one that day was on a Thursday. week yeah one day a week and uh i finally talked coach holtz into letting me do it twice i said coach I get to do it on Thursday, and you don't let me do it live. He said, "I ain't letting you ever do it live, except <laughs> in a game." And I said, "Well, let me do it on Tuesdays, and then let me do it again on Thursdays." So he he let me do it twice. Uh, so on Tuesday, as soon as punt was over with, we did kickoff covers just to make sure you know everybody knew who was on the team, and we we made sure we did the lanes. And I, I came up with a, I can't remember what, where I got it from, but I did the four, the three wave principle, which I really loved doing. That like the uh, you put your fastest four guys, like was the widest two guys, and then they were two in the middle. Those four guys were screaming down, and they were the the headhunter guys. Then you had a second wave, which was four guys. They were kind of the then you had three safeties. I mean and. uh we were always good in kickoff coverage.
3: Let's talk about bye week practice, Coach. Mike Houston said that they had their their scrimmage on Thursday where all the younger guys who have been either backups or scout team guys, they get to play and, and put on a show and hopefully stand out for the coaches and maybe get some playing time the second half of the season. He said that it would just be him and the coordinators and all the other coaches are going to be out recruiting. recruiting. So is that kind of how it goes? Uh, you
4: yeah, usually uh, they have, you know, you, you do your normal Sunday schedule. Uh, and then usually the normal Monday was weights and conditioning. We did that. And then, like, Tuesdays are usually your toughest practice day and Wednesday, but we didn't do anything on Tuesday. Uh, basically, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, you practice, but you practice with the young kids. I mean, the older kids were there, but it was kind of a young young, yeah. young kids got most of the snaps.
3: There may be an opportunity for them to get seen.
4: and <clears throat> You know, and you let them go home, you know, after class on Friday. They're home Friday, Friday afternoon, Friday night. They go home, and they're there Saturday. You know, some kids couldn't go home. I know Coach Holtz was always good, and so was Coach Ruff, of trying to get, you know the local kids you know maybe half your teams within 100 miles if any of those kids were going home hey take your best friend home feast from florida you know yeah just to kind of get them off campus
3: coach rick smith joining us coach uh i know you've been following kentucky football you got uh, a grandson
4: yeah grandson's the manager there
3: uh they run into the beast that is georgia this weekend how about alabama losing last week and georgia the number one team in the yeah. country right now
4: It'll be be a tough day for Kentucky, I think, as much as I want them to win. uh, You know, Georgia's Georgia's tough to beat when they're average at home, and they're a lot better than average this year. I I just hope Kentucky keeps it close.
3: Now, I I think you'd like seeing this. There is a – I don't know if it's a resurgence, but teams are playing defense this year, Coach. Georgia is smothering, but Iowa – they they don't, ain't doing much on offense but they score a couple touchdowns on defense, on defense every week cincinnati is smothering teams you look across the board now there's still all these shootouts but uh it seems like and kentucky's one of those teams too that's playing some great defense yeah. got that win over florida so i don't know everything's cyclical maybe these defenses are catching up to these offenses finally i don't know
4: yeah uh it kind of runs in cycles um uh, you know i guess the it's time for the defenses to start catching up with the passing game and you know the the uh, pass option game those type of things it's been a few years you know now that they've been doing that and it'll i i look forward you know maybe five years from now people be running the wishbone again
3: <laughs> and trayvon diggs uh leads the nfl in interceptions for the cowboys he said that when nick saban at alabama uh, recommended, I don't know if he recommended or just told him, hey, we're going to put you on defense. You're going to be a corner. He said he about cried because everybody wants the ball. Everybody wants to score a touchdown. And Now he went to the defensive side. He's the best cornerback in the NFL, and he appreciates Coach Saban doing that. But I guess the point is, it's it's kind it's of tough to get those guys on the defensive side of the ball, right, Coach? Yeah. Did you experience that when you oh, were yeah. trying to get guys uh, over there?
4: you know in high school uh on high school film it's, sometimes it's very difficult to see the defensive backs because they just don't do a good job in high school and the whole mm-hmm. you know they get they, they they have it on the offense and you see the offensive and the defensive line and the and the linebackers and you're hard to ever see the corners and the safety so some it used to be hard to kind of see those guys unless you went and saw them in person uh but yeah it was uh back in my day it was pretty tough to recruit you know safeties and defensive backs and you know a lot of them because high school coaches and i was one for 10 years where do you put your best football player it ain't a quarterback unless you're an option team it's a tailback back, yeah so all the great corners that i had through the years were offensive tailbacks
3: (laughs) yeah i remember uh travis simmons uh who was a good really good corner here he, uh, I think he was a uh, tailback slash receiver, if I'm not mistaken. Travis and, uh,
4: Simmons, great story. I'm at, uh, I'm in Tallahassee because he was from FAMU. That's your neck of the woods. He was from FAMU. I'm there at the school, and I'm watching them in the spring, you know, warm up. And I was going to come back later that night and watch them, you know, practice. And uh, I noticed I had been to a basketball game to see another kid the night before. And I noticed Travis was on the basketball team. I mean, he's a great little old basketball player. And I went to the coach. I said, why isn't that kid playing defense? He could be a great corner. No, he just he didn't, he didn't want to play defense. He said, he I said, well, he ain't going anywhere as a wide receiver, 5'10". <laughs> so I talked to the kid on the phone and uh got him to go to defense and of course
3: the rest is history history. uh he was a great player so you had to do some convincing to those guys to get them on that defensive side of the ball coach uh good stuff appreciate you joining us today we'll uh we'll get we'll talk houston next week okay what you got planned for uh bye week saturday what's miss barber got you doing this week well
4: we'll just be watching games you know we're gonna watch kentucky game uh I kind of watch, try to watch the Cincinnati game because I coached there two years. And, of course, you know, if I had to watch boy I'd coached, I'd be <laughs> Baylor, you know. That's a lot of
3: football. That's a, that's a full Saturday. Well, 50 years, you go a lot of places. Yes, sir. Uh, glad you stuck here in Greenville, though, Coach.
4: Yeah, me too. We love it here. We've been here now 18 years. Wow,
3: that's you know, awesome. We were here five. That's the longest you've been anywhere in yeah. well, a long time, right?
4: We coached at Kentucky nine years, and we coached here nine years uh but you know we were here five with skip then we left for three with skip then we came back and we were with with Ruff for three or four and then we were with montgomery for one and i can remember you know when we came we were driving up here from tampa and i asked my wife i said where because we didn't have a job we'd all been fired at tampa and uh, we're driving up here to move i said well we want we, are we going to stay in tampa or are we going to move to tallahassee or stay in greenville and she says we're going to stay where our kids are and they're in greenville
6: <laughs> there you
3: go decision <laughs> so,
4: made and about oh golly two hours later ruff called me ruff and i didn't know Ruffin. no it was uh terry holland called uh, me and said ruff's gonna give you a call and he's gonna try to hire you i said he won't have to try he just needed to offer me a job.
3: <laughs> sight unseen you're and signing so, a contract
4: of course he didn't call me for two weeks so
3: <laughs> well i had to play it hard to get you yeah. know coach yeah. coach thanks for joining us man Enjoy. i'll see you next week all right surely as we go to break let's uh make somebody a winner and I'm open up the fixed I'm nc live line some little scary here on a friday a what call are we looking for i'm gonna go with caller
1: number 10
3: caller 10 at 317-1250 wins a $25 gift card to Halloween Express. We'll give one away right now. We got one an hour two as well. So give us a call, be a winner, and get ready for Halloween. We're back with more on Pirate Radio Live right after this. I don't have a head. I don't have an arm. I don't have a leg. Where's my leg? I don't really know, but they cut it off. Man, that really, really hurt, but I'm okay now because...
0: You're listening to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Hey, Pirate fans, are you craving a calzone? The Community Calzone is for you. Open seven days a week, plus open late on weekends until 4 a.m., and they deliver. For calzones, wings, salads, and more, make it Community Calzone on Greenville Boulevard now open for dine-in, take-out, or delivery. And congratulations to Chris Hill of Blunt's Creek, North Carolina as uh, he walked away with a $25 gift card courtesy of Halloween Express. It's Halloween time and the folks at Halloween Express in Greenville have co- have you covered for everything Halloween. They've got masks, costumes, and all the accessories. They have something for everyone from kids to adults. Open every day at their new location on Greenville, Boule- uh, excuse me, Greenville Boulevard in the Target Shopping Center. Happy Halloween from Halloween Express. And we have one more uh, gift card to give away coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock.
3: All right. Uh, also coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, along with our weekly NFL talk with Tony Dunn, it'll be uh, a look back at a uh, pirate great, Thomas Francisco, who just completed his first year of minor league baseball, short season. And uh, we will talk ECU memories and uh, how it's going now for Thomas Francisco. So Franny joins us coming up uh, about an hour or so from now. Right now, we'll head out to the Fixed NC Live line and talk to Mark Greenheld from the Golf Shop Radio Show. You can hear it every Saturday, 8 to 10 a.m. right here on Pirate Radio. Greeny, how you doing today, man? Doing
7: well, Clip. How are you
3: doing? Doing great. And uh, looking, uh, we got a Buccaneer Music Hall leaderboard update for you. Uh, harold varner the third is on the course out in vegas he is two under on the day seven under for the tournament sounds pretty good until you look at the leader keith mitchell 18 under par they're back in vegas this week greenie i remember last week you said it was a, a birdie fest and appears to be the same thing uh, with the leader at 18 under right now uh, at day two of this tournament
7: yeah, well, this is what you get, uh, a new golf course, the Summit Club. Uh, you know, it's always funny. Everybody thinks that their golf course is really tough till so you send the pros out there <laughs> and tell them to have at it. And next thing you know, the leader's at 62, 64, 18 under par. they got a five-shot lead. So, uh, yeah, some boys are, are lighting it up. But, uh, you know, we got to go back to, to HB3. What do I keep saying, Cliff? What do I keep saying? Putting. Putting. He is ranked 67th in the field, of a field of 78 right now in terms of strokes, game, putting, and he's at 7 under par. I mean, if he was 67th, he would be down around 1 under par. So everything else is working well. we got to get that flat stick working and get him up near the top of some of these leaderboards.
3: Tied for 20th overall, but in the low 60s. Uh, there at putting and you're right that tells the tale uh, for the new dad Harold Varner III Uh, his wife had a child uh, a couple weeks ago so this is his first tournament he's played in uh, since becoming a father and uh, seven under par right now and Greeny your prediction a couple weeks ago was correct I remember asking you when we're going to see some of the big names that were involved in the Ryder Cup and uh, the big names of golf return to the uh, the tour, to a tournament. And you said probably the second tournament in Vegas. And sure enough, uh, you do have some big names on this leaderboard this week.
7: Yeah, I mean, this is, like I said, this is one of those events that uh, uh, guys get to play all four rounds. There's no cut because there's only 78 players in the field. So huh. if you felt like somebody was going to show up for an event, you know, some of the big guys, this would be the one. They get their four rounds in. I mean, if they... If they didn't play well for a couple rounds, they're still, you know, cashing a paycheck, Uh, you know, and that's the big thing. I mean, a couple weeks ago, um, you know, uh, D. DeChambeau came out and said, hey, if you're outside the top 165 on the money list, which was about just under half a million dollars, he said you're not making money on the PGA Tour. So when you Hmm. start looking at it, if you're one of those guys and you say, hey, man, you know, if I can show up to the CJ Cup in in Vegas and – play all four rounds and cash a paycheck, then, you know, at least pay for my trip and maybe some gambling money on the side.
3: <laughs> there you go. Not a bad place to uh, to golf and to hang out uh, there in Vegas. Talking to Greeny. Greeny, uh, we talked to you last week. I can't remember you, where you said you were playing, but uh, where did you play golf last weekend? You were telling us about it?
7: Yeah, so I went down to uh, to Florida to the Flagler Beach area uh, where my dad lived, and he was celebrating his 80th birthday on Tuesday. So I got a couple of rounds of golf in with him. And, uh, yeah, I shot 75-75 clips. Wow. And my dad, who was 79 years old, about to turn 80 years old, shot 74-60. <laughs> so, uh, wow. I, I went 0-2 I went on Saturday and Sunday, uh, Got got beat by the old man
3: wow that's awesome well you you gave it to him just since it was his birthday week we'll we'll say I that
7: wish, i wish i was battling to beat him every single hole
3: that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome talking to Greeny, host of the golf shop radio show he's a clemson guy and uh Greeny, are you having some nightmare flashbacks when you think about friday night in the carrier dome what was it four years ago when uh dino babers and the orange beat clemson and and now the tiger's coming off a bye uh, you think uh, you hope they can get right here the second half of the season, especially, you know, especially on the offensive side. But uh, I don't know. A, a Carrier Dome, a house of horrors for the Tigers. Do they come out with the win tonight?
7: Yeah, five years ago, so twenty fifteen, uh, we had uh, uh, that was when Deshaun Watson went into the game uh, hurting a little bit and got hurt, and I believe. Kelly Bryant uh, came in late in the second quarter and did absolutely nothing and then transferred to Missouri the next year. uh, Yeah. You know, it's, I've been to my sister actually lives in upstate New York. So I've been to uh, not in the last couple of trips up there, but the trips before that I've been up there and they, they've had to kind of pull out some wins when they should have been uh, smoking Syracuse. So no matter what day of the week it is, it seems like it's a, a struggle for Clemson up there in the dome. And, uh, I'm still shocked that, that Las Vegas continues to put Clemson at like this week at a 13 and a half point favorite when they're struggling to score 14 points in a game. So, um, but the hope is that one of these weeks, the offense actually kind of gets it all together. You know, I felt like in the first part of the season, it was the quarterback not making the right plays and the right throws. And then it seems like as the season's gone on when he's actually made some decent throws, the receivers are running the wrong routes or dropping the football. So, Eventually, maybe they'll get on the, on the same page with each other and they'll have one of those games where they score 40 or so points. But uh, I'm not holding my breath.
3: Down goes Bama last week, uh, Greeny. The number one team in the country is now Georgia. They got Kentucky this weekend. Alabama has Mississippi State. All these Big Ten teams that are in the top ten are going to have to play each other eventually when you look at Iowa and Michigan. And uh, I think Michigan State's still undefeated. So you look at the ACC, Wake Forest, Undefeated Now, they're a tough part of the schedule, including the Tigers, including NC State, North Carolina, Boston College, all that's still to come for Wake Forest. But it is a, a wide-open year. If you're Cincinnati, you're hoping some of these teams can get knocked off again. You go perfect, and you get into the playoff. If you're Alabama, all you got to do is keep winning and beat Georgia in the SEC championship, and there'll probably be two SEC teams in the playoff. But this is, uh, this is different than years past. I'm enjoying it because – you're, you're seeing these teams lose, and uh, it's, it's kind of shocking. I mean, uh, unfortunately for you, uh, Clemson's involved in that, but it, uh, it has been a fun year of college football.
7: Well, yeah, and I think, you know, I've said it before, I think there's a couple things responsible for that. I mean, I think this transfer portal is obviously impacting those top teams. I mean, when you look at it, uh, and I really know it from a Clemson perspective, I mean, we've got, I think, three kids that, are, uh, that were at one point Clemson um recruits that are playing quarterbacks at other schools you got uh, you know running backs that are playing at other schools it's been more on the offensive side of the ball and I think I think you're really seeing that show up for Clemson is that once you have a few injuries then you kind of get behind the eight ball I mean even this year you know you have Shipley as your number one running back and Linjay Dixon's kind of in the doghouse well he announces he's transferring and then uh, Shipley goes down and so now essentially you're out two of your top three running backs so I think between the uh, between the transfer portal, which you know, I don't mind transfers. I just don't necessarily know if I like it. You know, play four games and then you get to go somewhere else if you're not happy. If you get knocked down the depth depth chart, I don't like that. I think you either start the season before the season you transfer or after the season you transfer. And I think what you're seeing is that this transfer portal is going to hurt the you know the better teams, the top teams. Because kids will transfer out and go to maybe that second tier of teams and elevate them up. So then you start working on the parity a little bit. But I just, I think it's tough when you ask a, t- a top team, uh, whether it's a Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, or the East Guy, or Ohio State, to have to recover from potentially three, four, or five kids transferring that you expected big things out
3: of. Good points by Mark Greenhelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, talking golf, talking football, Greeny, uh, a little baseball. I know you're a Northeast guy, you're a Patriots guy. Are you, uh, rooting on your, uh, your Red Sox guy. You're rooting them on tonight.
7: Yeah, yeah, I am a Red Sox guy. And, uh, you know, that was the fun part, too, is going down to visit my dad and then, and then watching the Red Sox win both of those games to uh, in Boston to close out the series. So that was fun as well. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, you, you, you look at it from, you had the, the Giants and the Dodgers who both had, you know, within one game of each other, the best records in baseball. But uh, you look at the rest of their division and you maybe understand why they were beaten up on the rest of their division. You look at, you look at uh, Tampa Bay, Boston, the Yankees, and even Toronto. I mean, you're talking about four teams that had over 90 wins in that one division. So you got to think that those four teams, whichever ones were going to get into the playoffs, might be a little more battle tested than some of these other divisions where it was a little more top heavy. So I think it's definitely going to come down to pitching. You got Houston's down one of their better pitchers, so I think the Red Sox have a chance to make it into the World Series.
3: All those AL East teams had more wins than my Braves, who are hosting the NLCS against the Dodgers, who won a hundred plus games.
7: Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Strange how it all worked out. Isn't yeah. it? I mean. Uh, uh, you, you know, you're, you win 106 games, and you have to be the wild card team, and then now you have to go on the road for to, to get into the World Series. So, uh, yeah, strange goings on in baseball, top teams losing in, in college football, and the Kansas City Chiefs with a losing record and in the NFL.
3: There you go. It's a wild time in the world of sports, a very fun time as well. Greeny, uh, what's coming up Saturday on the Golf Shop Radio Show?
7: Yeah, so we are going to, uh, as always, talk to our man, Bill Bender, of the Sporting News. We're going to talk to somebody who I think has one of the best jobs going, uh, Rob Spellman with Golf and Aficionado Magazine. I mean, he gets to go to all these golf courses, all these resorts, stay in five-star places, play great golf courses, and then write articles about it. So we're going to find out where Rob's been lately, and then we're going to talk a little uh, single-length golf clubs with our man, uh, David Lake, at One Iron Golf. And uh, we'll do our usual stuff, a little question-answer, a little shop talk, and uh, talk to our man Bart Romano down at the beach. So uh, all kinds of fun stuff tomorrow.
3: Great show coming up Saturday. You can hear right here on Pirate Radio, 8 to 10 a.m. Greeny, enjoyed the chat today. Have a great weekend. We'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. There is Mark Greenheld, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us today once again on our Buccaneer Music Hall leaderboard update. Harold Varner III playing well, but the problem is so is everybody. Uh, He is 7 under par, 2 under for the day. He is through 11, so he's uh, still got some time on the course to maybe get a few strokes back and try to catch up to the leader, Keith Mitchell, who I can't say I'm familiar with, who is 18 under par after going 10 under yesterday, 8 under today. So a great score uh, for him, and, I mean, you look at it, the last place uh, player, Jason K- Kokrak, can't say I'm familiar with him, is plus five. But Justin Rose, plus three. Uh, that's what the the end of this leaderboard looks like. So it's a birdie fest going on out in Vegas uh, this weekend. Let's uh, take a timeout. We'll come back when we return. What in the world happened to the Panthers? I know Tony's Tony Dunn is tired of answering that question, but we'll look back briefly on that loss talk about the keys to the minnesota game coming up and make our picks the big dog is back he'll be making some picks today along with tony and i as we roll on hour two of pirate radio live thomas francisco coming up at around 4 35 or so we still got morgan ayler's brian north and a couple of giveaways a lot more to go on pirate radio live back with you after this
0: listening to hour two of pirate radio live save lives be a hero and make seven hundred dollars your very first month donating plasma at griffles biomat usa it's the easiest way to make extra money start now at biomat usa on 505 south memorial drive make up the seven hundred dollars in a month and save lives now at griffles biomat usa a better donor experience and better pay now back to the show
1: welcome back need some beer for the weekend the jarvis Street Bottle Shop near Christie's Europub is a specialty shop selling craft, domestic, and import brews along with wine and growlers. The bottle shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings featuring rotating North Carolina craft breweries, along with live music and discounts. Stop by Tuesday through Sunday or check out the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Brock.
3: All right, football Friday. No ECU football. They return to the field next Saturday against the Houston Cougars. We'll be with you next Saturday at noon right here on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We will talk NFL for the next 30 minutes or so with Tony Dunn, CalendacatChronicles.com, who joins us on the Fixed NC Live line. Tony, how you doing on this Friday? I'm
8: pretty good, Cliff. How are you?
3: Doing great. Looking forward to another fun football weekend. Uh, well, I should just say a football weekend because a lot of times it's not fun. And it was not fun last week for me. And, man, it was not fun at all for Panthers fans. Tony, I know you're tired of talking about it at this point. Uh, you do your post-game show immediately following games. Here on the fifth quarter, Tony, if ECU has a bad loss, a dramatic loss, or a come-from-behind, a dramatic win, those are the shows that get the most attention, most views, most likes, most uh, calls. So when the Panthers are up for pretty much the entire game and then blow it at the end and and lose to the Eagles, i got to imagine that was a, a pretty hot show. For you guys last Sunday,
8: yeah, I mean, and then you get basically two weeks of it in a row. You know, you go into halftime up every week, and for the last two weeks, the Panthers have come out losers. And uh, you know, you really needed to win that one. You felt like uh, with Philadelphia, I know every game is just one game on the schedule, but as you get further into the season, the more it seems they go ex- exponentially become more and more important. Yeah, and yeah, Panther fans are—you know—it's not fun um, in the second half of these games recently.
3: Yeah, and and I don't want to dwell on it, but I do want to ask Tony: who uh, who is getting the finger pointed them pointed at them most right now for that loss last week? Is it the head coach? Is it the quarterback? Is it somewhere else? Who's uh, who's everybody blaming? You got to blame somebody after a loss, Tony. So who's catching the heat?
8: There is like a. A pantheon of blame, right? <laughs> and, and uh, well, Bryce
3: Williams would say a plethora. Uh,
8: yeah, yeah. There's a lot <laughs> to go around, and 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 how you rank them in the order of uh, on the Mount Olympus of mess ups. Um, I think for Panther fans, it just starts um, with uh, number one, what we've been upset with for the last nine years or so, and that's the offensive line. Uh, you know, very difficult. Well, the Philadelphia was rushing four and getting home every time, it felt like. So, um, you know, that's number one. And then uh, Sam Donald played his worst game of his career, uh, of his career as a Panther uh, this past week. And then you got to start, for me, I think Joe Brady's name creeps in a little bit. This Panthers mm. offense um, is the worst third-quarter offense in the league. And, uh, again, you've, you've gone into the last two games up at halftime. And uh, the, the third quarter is some sort of disaster with Dallas. It was 22 points um, or 20 points un, unanswered in the third. And this past week against the Eagles, it was just, you know, the wheels of the bus start coming off in the third and, you know, you're punting, you're turning the ball over and getting uh punch blocked. And so it's just kind of a mess. And the problem with the Panthers, I think is there's just too many areas to be upset at this point. Um, you know, I was, just not a left tackle. It's the whole offensive line. So, yeah, I think that's kind of the ranking at the moment for me.
3: Tony, let's talk uh, injuries. What is the uh, the status of McCaffrey for Sunday?
8: He is out. Out. Uh, he did not. I think they tested him on Wednesday. I think we were talking about this at uh, sports trivia, and then this past yesterday, he did not practice, and now I think they've officially said he will not play this Sunday. So. You ready for Chuba
3: Hubbard? Uh, well, Royce. yeah, Like so Chandler was saying we got to figure out, you know, what to do without McCaffrey. And I said, well, I, th- I think they're they just using Chuba Hubbard like they used McCaffrey because last week, 24 carries. He got over 100 yards, but also five catches, Tony, on six targets. So they're giving him around 30 touches. That, that's a big load for the rookie, but they're basically using him like McCaffrey, at least in the volume uh, department, it looks like.
8: Yeah, I mean, they seem to have, um, you know, they want him to work, um, and you could see this uh, before McCaffrey was even injured. Is that that the first two after the first game of the season, uh, Joe Brady and them were answering a lot of questions about, are you really planning on running Christian McCaffrey into the ground? I mean, I think he had thirty carries that first week, and remember we had the discussions yeah. about uh, too much use usage. Right. About around week three, I think they really started to try to work Cuba Hubbard into game plan. But you're right. Um, I don't think there's anybody that's going to be worrying about protecting Cuba Hubbard <laughs> from, from too much volume. I think they're more worried about him getting too much volume out of necessity. Uh, Chris McCaffrey, you know, and then that's been the conversation, you know, and that's the conversation that kind of is now dominating the fans, Cliff, is. Right after this loss, like the first thing is you can talk about how terrible the offensive line is. Then people are starting to turn on Sam Darnold, and then now the most important thing is everybody's like, Christian McCaffrey. Well, we have won with Christian McCaffrey. We've yeah. given it to him a thirty times. So yeah, I'm gotta, look. Uh, the one good news about it is is that you Hubbard's on my fantasy team a stinker of a fantasy team, and maybe I get a start running back out
3: of it. You should get some points out of Chuba coming up on Sunday, the Panthers-Vikings. Uh, before we get there, one more at least question for you, uh, and maybe this goes back to Darnold uh, having his worst game. He's had a, a pretty good year, and especially with the rushing touchdowns, but I, I remember the, the bomb to Robbie Anderson week one. Has he been a disappointment? Has the Darnold-Anderson connection been a disappointment? It's been a lot of DJ Moore and uh, very little Robbie Anderson to this point.
8: You know, after uh, in this Philadelphia Eagles game, there's a you know clip that's been floating around the internet of Robbie Anderson yelling on the sideline, being upset. And, um, you know, they haven't been able to connect on the deep ball, and um, it, it hasn't been that they just haven't tried it at all. It's that they have tried it, it seems like. And just the chemistry hasn't been there. Donald's been under duress. I mean, he's being being harassed the whole time. Um, But I tell you this is that you go uh, after that Houston game, I took a lot of flack on our um, post game show for being too hard on Darnold. And everybody wanted to talk about how great a game was. And then two weeks later, people are now talking about trading. We should have traded for Deshaun Watson. Um, So this is, you know, this is Panther fans being. Or all football fans are kind of fickle to a certain degree. And uh, until it works, uh, people are going to keep talking about it. Now, I just don't know how you're going to, you know, contest these secondaries when this offensive line is just letting people through entirely. I mean, it's getting beat like a drum. So I think for for my personal opinion, Sam Darnold has been adequate. Um, and I think he could be better than he has been if you give him some decent protection um i just don't know how you're going to change the narrative this year with these same players that you have and and now injury is the setting um so and and that's what the other thing is is we've been missing tat f line he's terrible anyway though so him being gone isn't really that big of a deal cam Irvin is maybe coming back to his offensive line but again he's not very good either and then last, there's another injury thing that uh, we are a puncher who has been a bright spot, in my opinion, is the bright spot of the team uh, in the special teams that struggled. Joey Charl- Charlton was put on uh, IR this week. So now, and then it's so funny. And the first, like the one thing, the one player on the special teams that I think was pretty good, the first line from Darren Gant on Panthers.com is he struggled this season. so i don't know like everything it's just like a for us being three and two it really feels like we are two and
3: three i was just about to say tony you sound a long way from three and oh which was not that long ago at all no i know it's crazy that's crazy um jeff nadu joined us thursday you don't usually when you're breaking down a game thinking of who to pick how the game's gonna go really put the focus on the running backs but that was his reasoning for taking the Vikings, he said Dalvin Cook, if he's back and playing and Christian McCaffrey is not playing, that tips the scales to Minnesota. So kind of a tale of two running backs if uh, the Vikings are able to get Dalvin Cook back on uh, on Sunday, Tony.
8: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of a – the Minnesota Vikings have really been a thorn in Panthers' time for a long time. Feels was like, uh, you know, it So I'm not really looking forward to this week on – the, you know, my confidence level. You asked me about this. What was my yeah. confidence level or excitement level? And I thought and this was before week one. I said it was it's a 10 now and it's going to go down each week. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, the Vikings, if you think back to 2016, they're the team that Michael Orr suffered the concussion mm. that then ended his career ultimately. We've had some of these uh, block kicks for touchdowns against the Vikings. It just seems like they've always been a problem for us. So I'm not looking forward to this game necessarily. And on top of that, um, yeah, Dalvin Cook's great. Um, Now there's some questions how how are the Panthers faring against the run, particularly after that uh, that Dallas debacle. Um, And then Minnesota's defense is back, it seems like. Um, You know, for the last, I guess, two years, or at least last year, you know, they became like an offensive team. And, The Mike Dimmer defensive front just hasn't been as imposing. They have more sacks than the Carolina Panthers right now. So um, it's going to be like a – I feel like we don't match up well against them. But I thought we matched up well against Philly, and look at how that turned out. So right now is – I would think that the Vikings – are they favored? (laughs) Um, Last time
3: I looked, they were favored by one point. It's basically a pick'em, but the Vikings were favored, I believe. I'll look it up.
8: Um, Dallin Cook, uh, um, he is one of those running backs that he's he's in the category. He should be in the talk uh, talent wise with uh, McCaffrey, Kamara. Uh, he's been so productive, but he's had his share of injuries too. And I think you know uh, maybe that's why we don't uh, put him in that uh kamara uh mccaffrey conversation that's
3: definitely why because when he's had healthy years i don't even know if it's plural but he just puts up eye-popping numbers the problem is he's had at least two years tony where he has not had a lot of work so
8: yeah and i hate to say it is that now people are asking this christian mccaffrey's yeah. uh you know storyline becoming more and more like that
3: vikings are now a two and a half point favorite so uh that has gone up quite a bit a lot of vikings betters out there it appears tony can you uh hold through a break and we'll do some picks when we come back totally all right let's do that let's take a timeout. we'll come back myself tony dunn and the big dog glenn griffin is back with some picks as well when we return on pirate radio live we are back with you after this
0: you're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. When your air conditioning needs repairing or replacing call on the reliable service professionals of delcor heating cooling and plumbing go to delcorinc.com or give them a call at 321-8868 delcor the service professionals in greenville now let's head back into prl here's clip
3: back with you on pi radio live here on a football friday a free beer friday we got a free beer giveaway coming up in hour three we've got a halloween express gift card to give out at the end of this segment, Shirley Rhodes. So we'll do that.
1: Yep, we'll do that.
3: Yep, we'll do yep, that.
1: Yep, we'll do that.
3: <laughs> uh, Glenn Griffin's here. What's up, big dog? What's up, man? Oh, we've talked to you.
2: We have talked. It seems like we've done multiple shows, but we really haven't.
3: <laughs> we have a, uh, a special wrestling edition of Pirate Radio Trivia coming out soon.
2: That really almost had the perfect finish. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but I mean... It, it was really all like wrestling. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. It was, I liked it. It was good.
3: Tony Dunn is on the Fixed N C Live line. Uh Tony, trivia question. Not really a trivia question, but uh off the uh off the cuff here. Who is the front runner for NFL MVP if you look at the odds right now? Who comes to mind?
8: Uh, I bet you it's um uh, Josh Allen or Justin Herbert.
3: Well, I was hoping Tony wouldn't get it so I could bring in the big dog. because
2: I would have thought it was Allen.
3: Big dog is the Josh Allen guy. And Josh Allen is the front runner, Tony, followed by Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, and then Justin Herbert. So good call. Wow, Those are your top. Wow. Also up there, Lamar Jackson. Uh, let's see. And then you get down to, um, oh, Dak is ahead of Lamar Jackson, which makes sense. Uh, Mahomes, Rogers, and Stafford are all plus one thousand. So you want to take some long shots. Uh, let's see, Derrick Henry's plus three thousand. Um, so there you go, Josh Allen. Right now, your front runner, Tony. Uh, you made up a game last week.
8: Oh, did that nice. A uh, couple more games like um, last week, Lamar Jackson would be the front runner. Good Lord.
3: Well, uh, he's the second half. Hey, again. I said this earlier in the year. You could watch a few series and say, I just don't know if this guy's an NFL quarterback. And then you keep watching the same damn game and you're like, he's the best player in the NFL.
8: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You're right. It's that first half of that game was, uh, you know, it didn't look like much was happening. All of a sudden you go to bed or whatever and they wake up the next day and the guy had.
3: Five thousand yards. Yeah, it was nuts, and uh, they are a put them on prime time every week because they're a. uh, Well, Lamar Jackson's uh, the funnest guy to watch in the league right now. All right, Uh, Tony, you went eleven and four last week. I went ten and five. Chandler went nine and six. So on the year, I have uh, I have fifty one wins. Chandler slash Glenn has forty nine, and Tony has forty eight. So right there in the mix. Uh, let's start with the Panthers and Vikings. Tony, uh, uh, you said earlier this week this might be the first time you pick against the Panthers. Can't believe it's this game. But uh, are you going that route? Are you going with Minnesota? I am.
8: I am. I'm going Minnesota. It, hurt, it hurts my heart. I do think the Panthers can win this game. The Panthers are an annoying team to me this year because, I feel like they have a shot to win every week. Last last year, I wouldn't have said that, but um, I, I think the defense is good enough that they're always going to be able to create some havoc in and, and, and good situations. As long as you don't ask them to do too much, they can win some games for you. Sam Darnold, um, I think, in, to, in the right situation. There's offensive firepower on this team uh, despite not even having Christian McCaffrey but right now things aren't just aren't going the right direction for the Carolina Panthers. So, like I mean, I can continue just to pick with my heart for this week. The money too, like the number keeps moving. Yeah, I think I saw the Panthers originally favored right after the loss or last week, and then the money and it's moved to Minnesota being favored. So I'm picking with my head this week. I wouldn't be surprised though, if the, you know, it's just one of those things. We're like, maybe we're the Vikings. Maybe we're going to be an every other week team, and it seems like my picks are an every other week thing.
3: Oh yeah, this
8: is a good week. The Vikings
3: are are impossible to pick and predict. And last week, I picked them and said it would be a Cousins bounce back game because it was two. It was let's see, they played the Browns in a fourteen to seven game. And then I thought, okay, last week they're going to have an explosion against Detroit. Well, that didn't happen, so I'm going to continue to ride the, the Kirk Cousins roller coaster and say the bounce back is this week, and he has a big game, albeit against uh, a stingy Panthers defense, but I will take the Vikings on the road. Glenn, how about you?
2: I will take the Panthers at home because I think that – bad kirk cousins game is looming
3: you just know you don't know like it's it could happen at any time
2: three picks yeah nasty numbers like it it just feels like it's coming
3: all right there you go uh the dolphins are a favorite i think the only team other than the team they're playing this week they'd be a favorite against is probably houston but they are a three-point favorite this game is in london London. tony 9 30 a.m dolphins jags Looks like Tua
2: is gonna give it a go. I think.
3: Um, I will take the Miami Dolphins to beat the Jaguars. Glenn,
2: does Urban have somebody attached to him at all times in London, making sure that he doesn't hit the pub?
3: Yeah, this is uh, this can be tough for him because you think the tabloids are bad here; they're even worse over there, right? Right. Like the, with the royal family, and right? Stuff. It, right. That's so that's the they're the gonna royal be following family. Urban around everywhere he goes. He needs to be it's, careful wouldn't
8: it's you, you? <laughs> i
2: either I'll, want to follow him around or hang out with him it's one of the two <laughs> just don't stand in front of him hey you might right. get
3: collateral damage there glenn who you got you have to pick one of these teams
2: man that's gross <laughs> i uh
3: let's pick the dolphins for Shirley.
2: no i'm gonna take the Jets. wow all right <laughs> first one of the year for the jags trevor lawrence gets it done on the road in london
3: on the road uh and the water uh tony
2: i just think going jags too i'm with uh i'm with the big dog i think it could okay. be a bortles-esque uh, performance
8: tony i don't
2: i don't
3: care if you do well in this thing or not i mean i'd like you to pick good team good games and stuff but who did you pick last week? That I was shocked at.
8: The Jags last at? Week. You picked the
3: Jags two weeks in a row now. What are you doing?
8: I know. Well, last week I had this crazy theory. I was trying to first. I was trying to get back in it. I was trying to find an upset. Yeah. And then my my also my theory is that. Um, Urban Meyer is the only person like this storm actually is just normal for Urban Meyer <laughs> I was thinking man like we think it's going to save them so terribly and this and that and it's like this is just his normal environment yeah
3: this is like only the 14th worst thing that's
2: happened to him this year so. and
9: exactly
2: <laughs> the cons the family that owns the Jaguars and runs the team they also own a soccer team and a wrestling organization so you got to think that they are very experienced in dealing with problems problematic oh, yeah. employees. So this probably doesn't even register to them. It's not even problematic. It's not even a deal.
8: <laughs> the funny thing about this was when the con guy comes out and gives the talking to, like we're we're disappointed in in him and he has to earn our trust. I was like, man, that really must be it's bad when that guy's talking down to you. Like like usually I feel like he's probably the guy that's gotta do that.
3: Yeah. He disappointed that guy. So
8: yeah.
3: Uh the Packers. Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. This one's in Soldier Field. Troy D will be there. And he's gonna see Aaron Rodgers light up throw for three hundred, three touchdowns, plus I will take the Packers on the road, Tony.
8: The Bears, uh, man, are they, they're they kind of a surprise in the last couple of weeks, right? I mean,
3: Still no offense, really, but that defense absolutely shut down uh, the Raiders last week.
8: I know. Um, now, I, I do think, has the talk of Aaron Rodgers not loving football enough dissipated by now, folks?
3: Yeah, we'll pick that back up when they lose a game or two, but right now he likes football. <laughs>
8: <laughs> he, said, he lives and breathes and eats and sleeps football <laughs> at this point. Now I take the Packers and Aaron. Still, uh, Glenn. Packers.
3: All right. Bengals at the Lions. Oh, my goodness, the Lions. Last week, Dan Campbell was crying after the game because they are so close. They are the best, worst team of all time.
8: How do you feel about the Dan Campbell press conference?
3: Yeah, some guy showing, Like, I feel okay about it. He'd Be I, better received in college. I like. I think the the players probably love this yeah, dude. I mean, passion.
8: I, yeah. It's so strange. First to see such a giant man crying way back
3: Well, he was talking about biting kneecaps a few months ago, and now he's crying. To me, so. it's
2: scary if the big dude is crying like It's some incredible Hulk stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the moment could go sideways here. <laughs>
8: Um I to find I, him to be remarkably endearing, this guy. I'm taking the lions,
3: man. Me too.
8: <laughs> I, I you know what is that, Maybe I'm gonna try to be, you know, I'm always early to the party clip. Yeah. With these things. The Lions, man, they're gonna be great soon. They're gonna wow. Great
2: okay. Years. Jared Goff.
3: Yeah. I don't know if they're quarterbacks there yet. Uh Glenn, Bingles. All right, you're gonna take the Bengals poor Bengals last week he's
8: gonna be able to talk
3: say what oh yeah burrow.
2: joe burrow has a lacerated throat he can't even he's gonna be out there like Kane with like <laughs> the voice box modulator ready set <laughs> hut, hut
3: one
8: did you see there was a quarterback for the 49ers and like the yeah 70s or something that had to do that did i didn't read the story but i saw the picture and he had a backpack speaker on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird deal, man. They put Joe Burrow on no talk uh, for the week. So Wow. Uh,
2: is it on the
3: road? Uh, it's, in yes, it's in Detroit.
2: It's in there's, Detroit. Oh, there's no sound I'm there. Kidding. Yeah, it's not.
3: It's going to be on sleek, on as the kids used to say. Wow. All right. Uh, Texans at Colts. I will take the Colts at home. But good grief, did they blow one on Monday
8: night. A
2: stinker.
3: Uh, Tony, who you got?
2: You know,
8: I, I was expecting that. I, um, I was kind of rooting for the Texans last week when they were about to put. Away oh, they blew one too. I know. And about back to poor David. Cull- <laughs> awesome David Kelly. To poor David Kelly. Yeah. Um, I cannot. Oh, and well, you know what? So another surprising storyline with this is is how historically bad the Colt defense is. We came into this season going, oh, they got a good defense. They'll be able to run the ball. We'll just let us see if Carson Wentz uh, is on the injury report for ankles.
3: <laughs> ankles. <laughs> Multiple <laughs> plural ankles.
8: i think of the Colts, despite uh, like uh, having an atrocious defense
3: this season. had over 300 uh, Monday night. Glenn, who you got? Texas I mean, I Colts. Get, I reckon the Colts. All right, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, I will take the Rams on the road at New York, the Giants. Easy pick. Okay.
8: Doesn't matter which. I was going to ask because I don't have. It doesn't matter. Is it Jets or Giants? It doesn't matter. No. Give me the Rams.
3: I will take the Chiefs on the road against my football team.
2: I'll take the football team. I think they're going to get a scrappy win this week. Uh, I think the Chiefs' defense is in disarray.
3: At some point, we're going to have to say the Chiefs aren't that good. Running, the running I,
2: game is trash. The defense is bad. How can you win like that?
3: They're, uh, they're not good against hey, good the teams. Team. They're not good against good teams. I think they'll be good this week, though. Who do you who you got, Tony? I got the Chiefs. Right. I feel
8: like this is I, the, I don't believe uh, right now the football team, man. What a mess. What a mess.
3: Take the over. A lot of points in this game. Uh, Chargers at Ravens. This is a good game.
2: Flex this game to Sunday night because the Sunday night game stinks.
3: Uh, That it does. Yep, you're right. You're putting
2: the best game of the week on at 1 o'clock. Yes, it's the the best game of the week.
3: Look at the schedule.
2: Cardinals-Browns is a good game. But it's not on Sunday night. I know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely better than any of the Sunday night or the Monday night matchup. Chargers at Ravens. I'm going to take the Chargers. They won a close game last week. I think things are different in Baltimore.
8: I think the Chargers are just a little bit better of a team. I think the Ravens aren't bad. Lamar Jackson, awesome. Uh, but I think Herbert, he looks so cool and collected. And and, uh, I know. And, like,
3: every throw he makes looks like – like, sometimes uh, – and we talked about it, Tony, when, uh, like, draft season – when there are these workouts and these quarterbacks are throwing with nobody around them and it looks so pretty. Like, Herbert makes those throws every time in the game. Yeah. It's beautiful. He's
8: he's he's pretty dang good uh, when she was a Panther. Um, But I I, I do think think it's a tough game. I don't don't think that they're just going to roll over the Ravens.
3: Well, the Ravens are favored. Are they? Yeah, I mean, they're at home. Chargers going east. It makes sense, I guess but i'm taking the chargers
2: i think that home crowd in baltimore is a special place all right i think you hear that omar whistle mm mm-hmm. mhm little hunt and we will go and lamar comes out there and uh eats them up i mean i think i all right i like the Ravens.
3: i'm going to take the cardinals to lose their first game on sunday love the browns at home sunday at 405 glenn i like the cardinals okay like tony to
2: stay in the yeah, I'm rolling with the Cardinals. Man, I think that I do like your uh, Browns pick though, especially like it's in a late window. If it's maybe a little bit of rain or something,
3: they're at home. Uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're they're due to lose. So, all right, Raiders at Broncos. This is a tough one too. The Raiders have fallen back down to earth. I guess you could say the basketball. Broncos have too.
8: Um am taking the Broncos because right now is, uh, I mean, I, the Raiders are just uh, there's too much stuff going on. Hmm. Not only were they not very predictable, you know, you don't, you didn't know if they were really a good or a bad team uh, two weeks ago, or if they were just okay. And now they the the
2: group stuff and all this. Right.
3: I'm going to take the Raiders due to what Tony's saying. Interim coach, uh-huh. they rally around him and pick up a win. You're
2: going you in theory. That they well, will, uh,
3: they're better without John Gruden? That's not it, really the issue. Well, it's that
2: there's a piece missing and that they rally around the fact that yeah. the piece is missing.
3: Um, I, I,
2: I will take the Broncos because they have no problems. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty simple.
3: All right. Uh, Cowboys and Patriots. Dallas. Why is Dallas only a three-point favorite? What does Vegas know?
8: Ooh. Um. Oh, you know what they know is I heard the guy, uh, ESPN reporter came out with a book uh, recently, and I forget the name of it, but it's on Bill Belichick and Brady and all this.
3: That's been out like two weeks.
8: Okay. Well, I said recently. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it came come out five years ago. <laughs>
2: if it didn't drop in the last five minutes, Cliff is not worried about it. Tony, move on. That's old. Gankler hasn't
8: even heard about this yet. Uh, I'm still ahead of the curve. Uh, but they said that uh, I heard an interview, and I think it was on Rome, so I was listening on pirate radio, and uh, they were talking about how Belichick can like mentally break down uh, the other opposing coach. Um, the problem I think is with that theory is that Mike McCarthy, that really. Like, I see his brain matter to break down
2: <laughs> I think he's unbreakable. I don't think there's anything there. So Bill Belichick has the
3: ability to literally get inside the brain, and he got in Mike McCarthy's, and there's, like, nothing there. It's like
2: in on TV shows when they go to an, an abyss, and it's just a white room. You know, there's nothing there.
8: <laughs> Have you guys seen the Lego movie?
3: Uh, kind of. But then, not,
8: when Morgan Freeman, they go into the mind of the, the main, the little Lego dude, and he's supposed to be the special, and they're trying to find out why he's this, they call him the special, and they get in there, and it's nothing in there. <laughs> and, it's like, and, and Morgan, the character goes, Well, at least we don't have to get rid of any clutter.
3: Look, <laughs> Bill Belichick can prepare for any quarterback and make him, him look uh, feeble. He just gave up over 300 yards passing to Davis Mills and the Texans last week. Give me the Cowboys.
2: After a good performance, though, against Brady in the return game. Cowboys. i take the Dallas on the road, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Cowboys.
3: Feels like a sucker play because the line is so low, but I'll be a sucker. All right, the bad Sunday night game that Glenn's talking about is Seahawks at Steelers. It was bad to start with. It's even worse now that Russell Wilson and Chris Carson are out. Um Oh I forgot. I'll take the Steelers at home, but this is an ugly one. I will be watching the Braves and the Dodgers on Sunday night. Uh Glenn.
2: I mean I reckon I'll take the Steelers. I don't think do Gino I don't, Gina? don't think Gino is getting it done on the road. Tony
8: i'm taking the steelers and this is the first time i think i've taken
3: the steelers all year yeah we left them for dead and they still might be dead but nice they, they got a win last week and they could get to three and three here and try to turn things around they lose juju i think for the year right yeah he's out so. all right uh bills at titans not a bad monday night game anytime the bills are playing yeah, i'll good. watch because they're fun exciting um the Titans are 3-2. and two. I kind of wrote them off after they got killed by the Cardinals. And I still don't think they're that good. Last week? What's that?
8: The Titans win last week.
3: Yeah, they beat a bad team, I believe. The Jets, maybe? Uh, the Jaguars. The Jaguars. Oh, yeah, I Uh
2: I will take... Do they have the receivers back? At least one of them?
3: Yeah. A.J. Brown played last week. I think Julio's coming back. I want to... So this is the second straight standalone prime time road game for the Bills. You know what I'm saying? Like
2: I mean they're a premier team. Do I they know. have
3: a hangover from the Chiefs win, or are they just that freaking dominant?
8: No, they're steamrolling people.
3: I know. <laughs> give
8: me the Bills.
3: They're a machine. Um yeah, I don't want to get I I got in front of the train last week and it didn't feel good. I took the Chiefs, so give me the Bills this week. Same. I won't feel bad. If they lose, I will if I pick the Titans and the Bills crush them. All right, picks are in. Tony, enjoyed it, man. Thanks for hanging out on the phone with us this long. Hopefully, we'll get you back in studio next week.
8: Yes, definitely. Uh can't wait.
3: C3 podcast, Tuesday nights. You're doing uh, some Wednesday night content. You're doing a lot of content, right, Tony?
8: Yeah, man. We're just trying to pound the pavement and get some work in this season before people stop paying attention.
3: <laughs> get it in while you can
8: yeah
3: all right uh thanks tony we'll see you both all right. take, it easy, guys. We'll take a time out as we go to break play that little scary because it's time to give away a 25 dollar gift card to halloween express shirley what call do you want to do
1: uh let's go with I'll make it easy for you. Uh,
3: Let's go with caller number eight. Caller eight, 317 1250, wins a $25 gift card to Halloween Express. We'll be back with former pirate Great Thomas Francisco right after this. I do the most. Living life. Not living life. Because I'm dead, man. Told you I was dead. In the graveyard. That's what I said. I don't have a head. I don't have an arm. I don't have a leg. Where's my leg? I don't really know, but they cut it off. Man, that really, really hurt, Ooh. but I'm okay now because I am living in the afterlife and I am chilling with my afterwife in the afterlife.
0: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Uh, Jersey Mike's is open seven days a week for lunch and dinner you can order in store or online through the jersey mics app jersey mics a sub above and congratulations to robert matthews of a picked up a 25 dollar gift card to halloween express it's halloween time and the folks at halloween express in greenville have you covered for everything halloween they've got masks they've got costumes all your Yard decorations, your accessories, everything you need for Halloween, it's all in one place. They have something for everyone from kids to adults. Open every day at their new location on Greenville Boulevard in the Target Shopping Center. Happy Halloween from Halloween Express. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock.
3: All right, back with you on PRL. I believe Robert was the gentleman that went to the Braves Red Sox series. And was sending me pictures of the scoreboard after the Red Sox beat the Braves? I do not know. Surely they. Uh, what if our teams meet in the World Series? Oh, no. The odds are that's not going to happen. Astros are the favorite against the Red Sox, Dodgers a heavy favorite over the Braves, but it could you happen. You never
1: know because that's the thing. You know, Red Sox were, for all intents and purposes, at one point in time, dead in the water. And uh, they managed to get hot at just the right time. So, I mean, anything can happen. I mean, yeah, the Astros and Dodgers. Yeah, yada yada yada. I don't, I can't stand the Astros, and I don't really care much for the Dodgers either. I but, don't
3: like either one of them.
1: Yeah. So, if they do meet in the World Series, it will be, well, it'll be interesting for this show. That's for sure. <laughs> that's some
3: fun <laughs> shows. All right. Uh, speaking of baseball, let's talk some baseball now with a former Pirate great. Uh, had a great career here at ECU and has now begun his minor league career. Thomas Francisco Franny joins us on the fixed NC live line on this Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Thomas, appreciate your time. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. We appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, I was talking about it with uh, with Troy here at Pirate Radio this week. Uh, you, you went from playing a long, grueling East Carolina season to getting drafted to Continuing to play baseball. So, like, what's it been like for you uh, since you, you left East Carolina? Catch us up on uh, where you went and, uh, and how much ball you've been playing.
9: Yeah, so after the season ended at Vanderbilt, uh, I immediately came back down to ECU and started working out uh, in the off season, or I guess the mini off season, about a month's time. I just try to get ready for the draft and then um, got drafted, flew out the next day to Palm Beach. Um, I was there for three weeks. Uh, we have, like, a one-week period where they're giving us, like, a mini spring training camp. Uh, just took us through everything that they do and started playing in Palm Beach. Uh, played there for about three or four weeks, and then I ended up getting uh, promoted to Peoria uh, High A, and I played there for two weeks, so... Uh, it was definitely a lot of baseball, but, you know, I love baseball, so it, it didn't bother me a bit.
3: How's the uh, the body feeling now? That uh, was definitely the, the longest stretch you've played baseball, although I guess you guys that played uh, growing up do the the travel ball and all that, so I don't know. It, was the body used to all that baseball? You feeling all right right now?
9: Yeah, you know, the body felt good throughout the whole time, you know, especially coming from ECU. You know, we work out pretty hard there, so uh, the body the body felt great, and I had a little time off in between. Uh, the end of the season and um, the draft, it, it was about a month longer than it normally is. So I was able to kind of rest the body then and get back into playing shape. And so it was, uh, it was like I had a mini off season. So my body feels good right now and uh, just trying to get ready for next season.
3: Thomas Francisco joining us. Uh, Thomas, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say uh, you came in and uh, at least with an opportunity to play third base but we saw you at first we saw you in the outfield we saw you doing a little bit of everything so where have you been playing uh, your minor league baseball where have they had you uh, playing
9: i've solely been at first base um you know they want to work me in, in at the corner and uh they said that i may eventually go out to the outfield to see how that goes but as of now they're going to keep me at first base so that's where i've been working out through this off season and uh, i don't think i don't think that'll change i think i'll be at first base the majority of my career
3: is that where you're you're most comfortable or are you fine no matter where they put you
9: i mean i can play i can play anywhere but i do enjoy first base um i like playing there i also like playing the outfield but um i think i'll either be at first base or somewhere in the corner in the outfield going forward
3: i uh i hate doing this i'm a hypocrite i hate when people compare players to other players but but i I do it with you because i'm a Braves fan. I watch a lefty first baseman, Freddie Freeman. And and one thing I compare you to Freddie is the – the backside hitting, and, and that's something that not everybody does. You see the shift so much now in college baseball, but especially in professional baseball. And, yeah, you can yank a home run to the, uh, the football practice field. You did that plenty of times out in right field. But also hitting backside, Thomas, I know that's something that you, uh, you're really good at, and, and obviously you've worked on a lot. So how important is that to your game, making sure you can spray it all over the field? Yeah, and you know, I
9: definitely think it's important. Uh, you know, especially now that uh, the level I'm playing, you know, early in the count I'm looking for something that I can drive to the gaps. But uh, I think, uh, you know, hitting the ball opposite field is more like a situational thing where, um, you know, you get down to the count, you just need to help your team. You need to find a way to help your team win. And um, a lot of times nowadays with the shift, uh, the backside's typically open. So if you can hit something decently hard or even soft that way, it will help your team out, um, especially when you're down to the count.
3: Thomas, uh, obviously an intelligent fellow. So how, how much are the, the analytics a part of your game? How much do you pay attention to that stuff? Like what's the, I guess, what's the ratio of you just being out there playing baseball and you, uh, being out there with the, the cerebral part of the game?
9: Yeah. So, you know, I'm actually not super into the analytics. Um, you know, we have, uh, iPads in the dugouts and it shows the percentages of what pitch they throw. Um, during the counts but mainly I you know when I'm in my scouting report I guess myself I I like to watch the pitcher I like to kind of see what's going on I definitely use analytics um, I think it's a great uh, great tool that can help players out but um, I'm more of a I want to kind of see it with my eyes and make adjustments um, based on how I'm feeling Um, I definitely use the analytics but it's not a big part of my game.
3: Thomas Francisco joining us. I want to talk about some of your uh, your moments at East Carolina. But before you got to ECU, this is the first time I've really gone through your uh, your profile on ecupirates.com, Thomas, how about a one thousand point scorer in basketball, and also you had three picks in uh, your one season at football, according to this. So uh, a three sport athlete. Did you ever uh, did you ever think or dream of maybe playing another sport uh, at the next level, or was it always baseball for you?
9: Um, it's always been baseball for me you know I enjoy the other sports especially basketball um you know especially I guess when I was in middle school that's when I loved basketball i you know I wanted to play all the time but baseball's always been um my love and it's always what, what I wanted to do but yeah you know I, I still to this day I still love basketball I love watching basketball but um yeah you know I, I tried out football for one season it was the season had already started and the coach just taught me into coming out and <laughs> I really enjoyed it, but um, it was something that I was good with only playing one
3: year. I mean, 38 tackles, three picks. That's a hell of a season there, Thomas. Thank you. Yeah, I
9: was was kind of in over my head. I didn't really know what I was
3: doing. I was trying to to, to hit somebody and see what happens. There you go. Uh, Now you just hit a baseball and see what happens. Uh, Thomas Francisco joining us as a Virginia guy. There's And I'm from here, uh, Thomas, but – Growing up, the, you know, the Redskins at the time, now the Washington football team was the local team here in North Carolina. There's less and less of us Washington football team fans around. Uh, as a Virginia guy, were you a, a fan of that team or did you have a different NFL team?
9: No, no, I, I was not a, um, a Redskins fan. I, uh, I'm, I live so close to Tennessee that it's almost like that part of Virginia doesn't even consider <laughs> okay. where I live, Virginia but um you know i growing up i was never really a big nfl guy um now i i cheer for the dolphins but i've never really been you know locked in on a team the steelers are a team that's always on where i am in the Titans. so yeah uh yeah i grew up watching the steelers and the titans but i never really could get into the nfl until uh until i figured out what fantasy football was
3: (laughs) there you go that helped a lot of folks get into it uh who's your quarterback this year on your team thomas
9: oh i'm kind of moving everything around you know i had uh daniel jones he went down but uh, <laughs> so for this week i have I'm going to take my roster right now it's <laughs> quarterback uh uh washington's quarterback
3: uh heineke, heineke? okay I, I
9: i picked him up off the uh, waiver two weeks ago all right so i'm, I'm gonna give him a going give him a start this week and see what he can do
3: there you go hopefully you can put up some points uh they will be chasing points because they play Kansas City, so it could be a high-scoring game. Uh, Franny, let's talk about your time at East Carolina. So before every season, um, I go and Ronnie Woodward and I will make our predictions. And my, uh, my prediction, not so bold prediction, but Thomas Francisco would have the triple crown for East Carolina uh in the uh the 2021 season and i still think that was a good prediction the problem is connor norby just played out of his mind so thomas you were second on the team in average dingers and rbis uh and norby uh had the most in all those categories so you really let me down thomas with uh your great season that you had yeah
9: i'm really sorry you know <laughs> you know norby decided he was gonna have one of the best seasons ever anybody to you and so but, uh, yeah, I tried. I, you know, if I would have known that before the season, if I would have known that you picked me, I probably, you know, would have, uh, I guess, got a few more hits and a few more home runs, a few more RBIs. And I would have I really been uh, – uh, I'd talk some trash to Norby to really try to get in his head, you know, just yeah. to help you out. But, you know,
3: if but for I, some reason you actually brought that up and Cliff Gowin heard it, he might literally murder me in the studio. So I'm glad you didn't bring that up at all, or you didn't know about that.
9: Yeah, I, did. I didn't know about it.
3: No. <laughs> Ignore the noise, right? right oh yeah ignore it you got to thomas uh and then again he had a fantastic career and an awesome season uh, in 2021 and, and i will i'll ask you about some of your favorite moments games but real quick the uh the 2021 greenville regional so i was able to to do some pa announcing for some of those games but i was also on that sunday able to just be a fan and walk around the jungle and you had gone through a couple of seasons there where you played in front of zero fans to a few fans to a few more fans and then that regional man it, it was buzzing it was packed it was like a homecoming or a, a family reunion of pirate fans and i know that had to be special for you guys after not seeing the, the pirate faithful all year and for them to get out there and uh and just pack Clark and claire and of course you guys were able to win that thing that was a uh, that was an awesome weekend for all of us i got to imagine it was awesome for you too
9: yeah you know that's that's one of those things that, you know, you come to East Carolina to play in front of that crowd. It's especially with COVID around and the stands have been empty. It's, you didn't forget about it, but you almost, it was, you, you did forget just how special it is. So, you know, that, that regional was really eye opening. And it's like, wow, like, a, you know, this is the reason you come play at East Carolina. The fans are amazing. And, uh, you know, that Charlotte game, I've never been in a stadium that it was as loud as uh, when Bryson hit that triple down the line. <laughs> um, you know, that was, that, it's moments like those that you remember and you're like, wow, like my time at East Carolina, was amazing. Like the fans are awesome. And, um, that was the loudest baseball stadium I've ever been in in my life.
3: Thomas, uh, that, yeah, that moment, that, that might top them all. Uh, what other moments come to mind games? I don't know. Memories from your time at East Carolina, uh, that stand out to you.
9: Uh, you know, the biggest ones are, you know, the regional championships, you know, obviously that moment at Charlotte, but, being able to win two regionals, both in Greenville, my time there, that was, you know, the biggest, the most fun thing that I can remember, you know, going into the dog pile and, uh, just, you know, seeing all your teammates have success and, you know, all the work you've put in comes out to that and, um, You know, those are are the moments that I'll always remember and were by far my favorite. You know, there'll be other memories that are going to slowly fade away, but those will be the ones that I'll be able to hang on to forever.
3: Thomas Francisco joining us. Thomas, and this might be a difficult one to answer in in just a couple minutes, but, uh, you know, what makes Cliff Godwin so successful as a college baseball coach? Because, the wins are there, obviously, but you guys do it in the classroom. I talk to all you guys once you leave East Carolina, and you're all, you know, great guys. So that says about uh, a lot about you individually, but also about the the kind of people Cliff Godwin's bringing into the program. So, what is it about Cliff, Jeff Palumbo, the staff that just continues to to get it done here at ECU?
9: Yeah, you know, they really preach how you do anything is how you do everything, and it's something that everyone on the team really buys into. You know, we want to have the best grades. We want to play the best baseball. But, you know, Coach Godwin, he's a he's a very intense coach. He's very passionate about what he does. And, you know, that being able to play for someone that cares so much about not only your success as a baseball player, but your success as a human and a student, um, it's like it fires you up, and I think that's why he gets – these high-level recruits and really the whole staff—they all buy into it—and there's a very strong culture on that team. And um, once you go through it and come out of it, you—you you know, it—it's this program sets you up uh, for life down the road, professional baseball, the business—you know, working. You know, it's just—it's um, a great uh, program to come up through. And um, you know, he really cares about us. Not only is as baseball players, but also as, as people.
3: So, Thomas, talking to Norby, I think Pack even said this, that there were times as a freshman where they thought, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if I can do this. So did you ever have that moment as a youngster in the program? And, and you know, how did your relationship with Godwin change over time that when you became – you went from a young guy to a leader on this team?
9: Right. No, um, There's honestly, there was never a time where I was didn't think I could do it. You know, I played high school baseball for my dad and so playing with
3: uh, you were used to somebody getting on you probably
9: (laughs) all the time yeah you know and he he was out of love and I'm so thankful for him and everything that he's done for me but yeah you know it was like I grew up playing for my dad I said it was funny I told my mom after like the first week or something she was asking how it was I'm like well you know it's like I I get coached he coaches us hard but I don't have to go home to it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but no it's uh, it's it was never a problem for me I you know fit right in I that's the kind of coaching style that that I respond to um and you know my without my dad you know I wouldn't have even been you know at East Carolina in this in the first place um so just that work ethic that he's instilled in me and you know I have to thank him so much for everything but yeah I, you know I love this program the intensity that he has it's it's what I was used to so I've it was never that
2: question
3: for me that's awesome talking to Thomas Francisco a couple more will let you go Thomas what's your uh and it's sometimes it's tricky asking you minor league guys about this but do you know what's next for you on your calendar where uh you know spring training is that what's next like what's next on your uh your baseball calendar
9: um I, yeah I'm, I'm I guess spring training I haven't heard anything I know the Cardinals do instructs for the end of January but I haven't heard anything about um, having to go to that yet so i guess i'm kind of in limbo seeing what happens but um uh, you know honestly i'm just trying to get my body in shape to you know in the best possible uh, way to compete next year and um i'll be in greenville till about thanksgiving and then after that i'm going to be back in my hometown uh giving lessons and i'll have probably a uh, a camp that i'll run so
3: awesome that's good stuff
9: really have come
3: forward All right, finally, Thomas, uh, Braves, Dodgers, Red Sox, Astros. Give us some predictions. Uh, Who's who's in the World Series? Who's going to win it this year?
9: I think it's going to be Astros-Dodgers.
3: All right, and the Dodgers may be getting some revenge from a few years ago. Right,
9: I have the Astros winning.
3: Okay, all right, no revenge for you. There you go, all right. You heard it from uh, from Thomas Francisco. Thomas, great to catch up with you, man. Really enjoyed it. Uh, glad you're having success and uh, appreciate you joining us today on the show. And uh, if you're uh, in Greenville for the next month or so, stop by the studio. Maybe we can chat again before you head out of town.
9: Will do, will do. Thank you for having me on.
3: Thank you, Thomas. There's Thomas Francisco. What a great dude and a great player here. Uh, during his time at East Carolina, we'll continue to follow uh, his success in minor league baseball as he rises up the ranks and uh surely you do a great job keeping up with that uh every day during when the minor league season's going on next year's gonna be really fun to follow because you got franny and norby who will will have to follow to alec burleson does he take another leap potentially yeah because he's a,
1: yeah you still have evan krasinski that is also playing on the same team you've got gavin williams you've got seth Cadell,
3: jake washer, jake washer made the move to double a briefly came back Backed so down. we'll have to follow him yeah. and but we got a ton of guys to follow next yeah. year. yeah
1: we've we've got a, a plethora
3: plethora
1: of players that we will be keeping an eye on
3: let's get a break in we'll come back hour three of pirate radio live morgan aylers joins us when we return on the other side of this timeout and we'll do it after this
1: Follow tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock.
3: Man, I'm going to miss my weekly Saturday tiebreakers food. I uh, guess I could still go get it myself.
1: Well, I'm going to be there tonight. Shirley will
3: so be there tonight
1: for my annual birthday get together.
3: Red Sox will be on the TV. Yeah, and I'm going to try.
1: Football. I'm going to try to convince them at nine o'clock to. S- have another TV on the WNBA game so I can watch the Red Sox and the Mercury play at the same time.
3: Plenty of TVs, plenty of great food and great times out at Tiebreakers. Might head out there on Saturday or Sunday uh, or Friday night to see uh, Shirley Rhodes tonight.
2: Yep. I'll I can't there.
3: go every day. My wife would probably get mad if I went to Tiebreakers every day this weekend. Yeah. Well, we're
2: talking about Saturday. Sarity. Sarity. did you catch in the press conference earlier this week when i said Sarity to
0: <laughs> yeah
2: to donnie and he I mean, didn't understand yeah oh what's that now <laughs> i thought it was <laughs> so funny i thought donnie would know
3: your bi-week serity donnie
2: serity i feel like donnie's been around here long enough
3: let's uh find out what morgan aylers is going to do this serity uh since he doesn't have a game to pa at daddy ficklin stadium and he doesn't have a son to watch play uh football morgan aylers joins us now morgan what's your uh saturday looking like
10: well, I've been talking with Coach Houston and uh, finding out his travel plans and approving what recruits he can recruit or not. So that's pretty much what I'm doing all weekend.
3: Yeah, uh, glad that you're still pulling the strings and still involved on this off week. And you've been hard at work, Morgan.
10: Oh uh, yeah, no, actually, tomorrow night I'm uh, heading down to Cape Carteret. Going to be doing a uh, a wedding down there tomorrow night. So
3: good deal. A lot of fun good deal and uh, a lot of football to watch this weekend the pirates three and three morgan and uh we've been given report cards progress reports all week uh you're three and three which is good you could be five and one which would be better uh some people say you could be one and five which is true which would be a lot worse so three and three right now six to go morgan pirates in a position to still accomplish their goals and that main goal of uh, making a bowl game in 2021 what do you think about the season thus far
10: uh, I, I think like a, there have been a lot of opportunities that we, we could have had and taken advantage of, but there was uh, you know we, the Marshall game came back and we, we won that game. That was a game that didn't start off very well. Uh, you could be two and four. you could be one and five, you could be four and one. But uh, three and three, I think if anybody asked most fans if they would take three and three coming out of the first six games, you probably would have said yes at the beginning of the year you got a chance uh, with six games to go to hopefully win three or four of those, and we'll see what happens.
3: Morgan Aylers joining us. Uh, Morgan, what uh, high school games should we be on the lookout for tonight? Big one between the surging Rose Rampants and, man, the New Bern Bears have looked good. Uh, I know they have a showdown coming up tonight.
10: Yeah, that's the big game uh, in the area. There's actually really two good games going on, but Rose and New Bern could be played over at J.H. Rose tonight, 7 p.m. kickoff, I believe. or seven, Yeah, I think it's 7 o'clock. And uh, Newburn's coming in. Their only loss on the year is to Jacksonville. And the Rampants have won uh, five in a row, I believe it is. They're five and three after losing their first three. They're on, they're on a big win streak Had that game against Conley last week. And, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those games that I think is going to come down to who makes the fewest mistakes. And uh, if that's the case... Um, you know, I, I'm. I hope Rose wins it, uh, but I think Newburn's going to be very, very hungry for this game.
3: The Bears have looked really good this year. Got the high school huddle coming up at six o'clock with Morgan Aylers. Morgan, what other action are you looking at tonight?
10: A uh, big game going on in Bethel. It's Washington and North Pitt. North
3: Pitt's been really good this year, Morgan.
10: They're six and one right now. The only loss they've had is to uh, Newburn, that first game of the year. That was sort of a a COVID insert game. Newburn came to Bethel and. And, and beat the panthers and Washington's won three straight they won last week against green Central uh, we'll talk with coach Perry Owens of Washington here uh, in just a little while on the high school huddle they're excited about that game uh, it's one of these uh, matchups that it could go either way I, I look for this one to be a high scoring game and uh, you know it's going to be fun and there's Aiden Grifton. I feel bad for Coach Todd Life and his team. Yeah, They were originally scheduled to play two games this week, Tuesday and Friday, after playing two last week. COVID protocol. Hopefully they'll be back in action next week. Uh, they were supposed to play West Craven. West Craven seems to have been the on the receiving end of several COVID games this year that they, they're ready to play and haven't been able to make it. Uh, they've got some good matchups tonight and uh havelock south central is going to be another big game that you're going to be able to see that game's going to be played at south central south central uh one win on the season Havlock coming in uh you know having a, a big loss last week and you know it's i think it's one of those games that if uh, andy two is going to get his squad rolling they need to do it tonight Havlock's going to be a tough test.
3: got college football saturday following uh friday night high school football nfl sunday panthers Taking on the Vikings, my struggling team. Taking on the Chiefs, Uh, but a fun football weekend ahead. Morgan, I wanted to ask you, have you had an opportunity to see any of the new Pirate basketball players? We talked to Cy Seymour earlier this week. Believe it or not, Morgan, Cy thinks the Pirates are going to be good for the 40th straight year. Cy is optimistic about East Carolina. Uh, Have you seen Vance Jackson? Have you seen Winston Tabs or or R.J. Felton, any of the freshmen yet? Have you been able to to get to Menjee's yet?
10: yeah actually i have i prior to the season actually starting the official practice i was out there uh the last thursday before they started the regular season practices and watched them haven't seen winston Tabb's play yet uh he was still in the, working out on his own with uh, and they were doing a lot of rehab on his knee uh running up and down doing some you know workouts and some rehab on it uh vance jackson i'm telling you i'm We were actually, I was there one day with Cy and Todd Seymour, his son, who's the coach at Jones Jones Sr., and we were watching, and they were playing four-on-four and sort of a make-it-take-it type deal, and he hit, Vance Jackson hit three threes in a row, then ball fake, two dribbles, dunked it over somebody, and I was like, okay, haven't seen that in a while.
3: Uh (laughs) Hearing a lot about him, Morgan, and I'm wondering, and you hadn't seen a ton of them, but is he just going to stand around the perimeter, or is he going to help out rebounding and you know interior defense? Can he do it all, or is he a, a, just an outside guy?
10: When I when we were out there watching him, I mean, yeah, he's playing defensive. If you're not going to play defensive, Coach Julie. You're probably not going to play.
3: That's true. You
10: know, you know, he's he's very much a defensive oriented coach, and there's been times the first two years he's been out there that there's been guys that can shoot it, but if they're not going to play defense, he'll yank him out in a second. Uh, you know, he played under coached under Bill Self at Kansas, and that was one of his mantras and I think Coach Dooley has really stuck by that. But no, there's, there's there's some good looking talent out there. There's some young kids that I think by the end of the season will will definitely start to get their playing time. Reyes and uh uh Tay Mosier from Texas. Uh then you've got uh Javon I think it's Javon Small
3: Small. Yeah.
10: Of, uh, yeah. From what I you know, watching him very athletic guard. Uh I think he's gonna be a good addition for the Pirates and then you've got Alonzo Frank, who's the big transfer from South Carolina. And he's big body. And I'm gonna tell you, that's a big boy. Uh, and uh, he was rebounding, boxing out, and uh, real soft touch around there. And he's also got a nice little jump shots. So don't, don't count him out on that. Uh, that he's uh, interesting to watch as the season goes on.
3: I don't know if he's uh, he's not gonna be as good as my all time favorite, Errol Bing. But do you think during the season, maybe after a big dunk or something, you could hit a Alonzo Frank? Can we get a Frank?
7: You. Yeah. For you, sure.
3: <laughs> Thanks, Morgan. I'm sure you'll remember that one. Freak. Freak. Yeah, I like it. Let's do it. Like Get that. fired up in Men Got some hoops coming up uh, next month, Morgan Naylor. So uh, that is on the horizon. Morgan, have a great weekend, man. Great to chat with you. And uh, keep pulling those strings over there. Make sure you run some good plays next week against Houston, okay?
10: I am. I think, I think we're going to do nothing but I think we're going to go to the wishbone. Uh, next week against, yeah, we're just going to go straight wishbone and option. I just think that's the way to go. You go to Houston, make them think of the old, uh, you know, six yards and a cloud of dust day. Dana
3: Hogerson will never see that coming. That's a great idea, Morgan.
10: He won't. And now, I mean, but you know, they scout Pirate Radio because they know we pull the strings, <laughs> and uh, you know, they listen to us. They take the show, from what I understand, they play it back during their coaches' meetings, and uh, they they know they're going to get all the inside scoop by listening to all the shows on Pirate Radio daily.
3: Larry in Texas is somewhere uh, going over his conspiracy board right now, Morgan. You just confirmed a lot of things for him.
10: We'll see. What people don't know, Larry is actually an employee for the University of Houston in their athletic department.
3: It all starts at the top, folks. Connect the dots. Wake up, sheeple. (laughs) (laughs) Morgan, thanks, man.
10: Thanks. Y'all have a great weekend.
3: I, I mean, I love that Morgan plays along and laughs about it instead of what he could do, which is like get angry about it but he decides to chuckle and you find the funny in everything well, and there's a lot of a lot of funny to find on the fifth quarter that's the only thing you can do with it yeah like yeah you because can't,
1: you, you can't get upset over something especially something as outlandish as something the, so silly yeah i mean
3: so far
2: <laughs> it's so far fetched that a member of the media would have any say over anything going on with it's this not Super even ball. really a member of the media he's
3: well i mean he does a high school show here but he's like he's a pa announcer
2: that was a reference to something
3: to what oh did you make a all right say that again
2: <laughs> it was a reference to i missed it i was saying it was so outlandish for a member of the media to have any sway in the ecu coaches room i can't even imagine that
3: what is that a reference to Steven Igo coaching yeah. the team yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, this is a reference to that. Steven Igo deciding <laughs> personnel decisions for Robert prunny <laughs> on Sunday night. I mean, we don't carry that now that mu- did happen apparently.
1: Look, we don't carry that much clout around here. I mean, hell, I can't even get Troy to get me a birthday present. You think we can run a football team?
3: We're trying to get Shirley a present. We got more pressing issues than uh, worrying about Houston and their exactly personnel. We,
1: we, we don't have that kind of pull around here.
3: <laughs> All right. Let's uh, take a moment to open up the booty bag. Almost oh, got you there. Oh. I got myself there.
1: Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, booty, booty,
2: booty, booty, booty everywhere.
3: Matt said Houston is keyed in on the local politics.
2: This is the tape that they review. Like, yeah. like, like. There's uh, local politics, Bud. <laughs> like, like what Morgan said, they bring this up in the uh, coaches room. It
3: is free beer Friday, brought to you by Bud Light. Today we got a Bud Light Seltzer Fall Flannel Pack that includes maple pear, apple crisp, toasted marshmallow, and of course, the guiltiest of fall's guilty pleasures: pumpkin spice. So dust off your leather boots, find your biggest scarf, and start practicing your leaf throwing boomerang moves because fall is here. All right. What color are we looking for? <laughs> Twelve. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. <laughs> 31712. Did you 50. black out for a second? <laughs> I was just trying to comprehend what I just spoke to everyone. It's
2: very unnatural for you to say throwing boomerang talk, moves.
3: Talk, no, what? Huh. What are well, Lee?
2: What's that? Why frame? say few words? <laughs> that, that's few words
3: do trick.
1: Yes, that's exactly what I was going for.
3: That was a great moment from earlier this week. All right, we'll be back with you after this.
0: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. If you've got damage from wood rot, smoke, fire, or water, consider it fixed. If you've got damage, use a contractor that works for you and not your insurance company. Visit fixednc.com today or call 999 0001. That's three nines, three zeros, and one. Fixed NC, restore, renew, maintain. And congratulations to Clee Smith of Winterville. It's our big winner in our free beer Friday. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Brock.
3: All righty. Welcome back. Free beer Friday brought to you by Bud Light. Pick up a Bud Light at your local retailer, proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989, and the official beer of the ECU Pirates. And let me, uh, I want to read this one more time. We gave away today the Bud Light Seltzer Fall Flannel Pack. We're going all in on PSL season with our new limited edition Bud Light Seltzer Fall Flannel Pack, four flavors made for the hay riding, apple picking, and corn mazing enthusiast in your life maple pear apple crisp toasted marshmallow and of course the guiltiest of fall's guilty pleasures pumpkin spice so dust off your leather boots find your biggest scarf and start practicing your leaf throwing boomerang
2: moves because fall is here when you get to the pumpkin spice part it sounds like you're describing like fall lingerie (laughs) it's it's a a little guiltiest pleasure (laughs) right what is a leaf throwing boomerang move i'm lost on that that's got to be something they do up north that we don't know about
3: them yankee folks (laughs) yeah it's
2: got to be something they just don't do down here
3: speaking of yankee folks they don't say "sirity" like you do
2: we know who does though parker bunch without a doubt (laughs) (laughs) we just
3: heard parker bunch on the way back in i bet he says "sirity." uh i was looking up because you were talking about donnie kirkpatrick you asked him what he was going to do this uh week "sirity," and he's like hey do what now (laughs) And he said, the off week, what are you going to do? And he, uh, he said he was going to watch the football, hang out. said he was sure. going to do some recruiting. He said go to a high school game and eat a cruddy hot dog. Yep, that's what he wants to do,
2: <laughs> which I can see. It's a, I can see Donnie up in the stands.
3: I I looked him up on Wikipedia to see if it had where he was born. Maybe it has it in his uh, ECU bio, probably, maybe. But it doesn't say. But he went to Lenore Ryan, and it was a four-year letter winner. That's an interesting hook-in. At quarterback for Lenore Ryan. What other sport, we'll bring you in on this too, Shirley, did Donnie Kirkpatrick let her in for the Lenore Ryan Bears? Golf. Golf, what's your guess, Shirley? I'm going to go with tennis. One of you is correct. Which one of you thinks you're correct? Tennis. Tennis is the correct answer. (laughs) So, Glenn, next time the Pirates have a bye week, which will not be this season ask donnie about his backhand. (laughs) (laughs) are you more uh jimmy connor's or um,
1: how wicked is your slice the
3: hothead john McEnroe. yeah we need to find out about this tennis game well (laughs) i wish chandler was here he could do it he does a good donnie yeah but donnie k tennis pro who knew uh there you go all right let's uh head out to the fixed nc live line we will get Let's get some more grades in here. Let's see how Brian North, Professor North, grades the Pirates. Talk about that and more as he joins us today on Pirate Radio Live. North, how you doing, man?
11: We are doing just fine on a beautiful fall weekend. It'd be nice to have a football game this weekend. It's going to be, well, nice until Saturday evening, I guess, and then maybe it is good they're off this week.
3: Let's uh, let's start with the Pirates, Brian. We uh, we handed out some grades this week. Uh, It's the midterm, six games up. Uh, six games down so we've got uh we went out to our audience and uh asked them to chime in on the offense defense special teams and let's talk to uh professor north real quick and, and get some grades uh let's start with the uh, the pirate offense which had uh, inconsistency i guess uh, a good way to put it and we've seen uh, some flashes of brilliance we've seen some bad offense at times for East Carolina as well. So what grade do you give the Pirate offense through six games this season?
11: Yeah, that's an interesting one because you, you base it a lot on expectations. And I think we all thought the ECU offense was going to be great this year, right? They were going to light it up. Bolt Naylor's back as a fourth-year starter. Good running game back. O-line uh, back. and should have been improved. Lots of weapons at wide receiver. But they just haven't consistently met the expectations. In fact, inconsistency is the problem. So I'm probably giving them right around a C at this point. Maybe a C-plus because a couple of performances. But I just think based on the potential that we all thought they were going to have this year and what they've actually done in some key games, beat basically Central Florida and South Carolina, and even, I don't know, Charleston Southern to a degree, they just haven't reached that potential and have seemed to struggle a little bit with some things. So I'm going with a C right now.
3: All right. uh, That was... Well, that might be a little uh, better than most had them. I, I had a, a C-minus. There was a lot of C-minuses, a few D-pluses in there, but uh, that's around the uh, the average, I would say. Uh, defensively, that's a tricky one, too, because they've given up some yards and, and some games given up points, but uh, the, the you look at the games that East Carolina, those woulda, coulda, shoulda, South Carolina, UCF, the defense played – good enough to win those games so uh how do you grade them out through uh six games
8: yeah i'm
11: I'm probably giving them more of a b to a b minus simply because they they're forcing a lot more turnovers than they ever have and uh, that's a a positive sign of the right direction there's still a skip hold used to say a little uh not enough lead in their pencil along the front line so they can get blown off the ball a little bit but i love the way they fly around the ball they've really turned over that roster uh, the turnovers are what really have me upping their grade a little bit more to, to a B. Uh, there's improvement there, but I think they're doing well enough to win those games that the offense should be able to finish off. So I, I'm giving them a B because I like what I see, and that's an identity of Mike Houston teams through the years before he was at ECU was that ball hawk defense that forced turnovers. And the one thing that's missing is getting them to score. Uh, at JMU, the defense would score points almost every game, huh. and uh, I think that's the next step for this defense.
3: Brian, uh, would you say the special teams has been more good than bad? Are they earning higher than a C from you?
11: Yeah, it's that's, that's hard because when you came off of Jake Verity for all those years, yeah. it's tough to go to anybody else. And so the punting game has done well. I think uh, certainly pitting teams down inside their own 20. John Young's been really good at that. Uh, kickoff's really non-existent with all the new rules now. And field goal, has been average to below average so i uh, probably see plus there maybe maybe b minus just because of the punting game has been really good this year
3: all right there's the grades from uh from mr north who uh by the way lily got a hundred on her uh, math test yesterday so uh you've got some grades coming up in your future brian i don't know is that more of a mom thing to check the report card or are you going to be
11: um, you yeah know, oh no I'm, I'm already trying to keep them from being michael jordan's dad you know so i'm already the competitive guy or, <laughs> to, to win everything and i'm already telling the oldest one the little one's better than her just trying to get her to you oh
3: know, you're uh richard williams then right serena and I venus's
11: know, yeah, yeah. Not, not quite as obnoxious as richard williams i like to think more of michael jordan's dad because he just kept it in the household and just basically just told michael he was no good at anything so
3: okay
11: you know, it worked right and i think it worked so that's what i'm trying it <laughs>
3: Brian telling his, uh, how old are your kids, by the way, now, Brian? <laughs>
11: Two and a half and uh, 10 months.
3: <laughs> Brian yelling at the, uh, the well, either one's funny, really, but especially the 10-month-old. Hey, you stink at life. Yeah. That, uh, that's yeah. a well, funny mental picture there.
11: Her, her older sister was walking at 10 months, and she's not. So oh, crazy.
3: wow. <laughs> There's
11: echoing going on, and her improvement over the last few weeks i believe has been a direct reflection of my heckling of her she's really come a long way
3: that's awesome brian the, the fighting between them two in the future is uh i'm sure you've thought about it i'm not telling you anything you haven't thought about but that's yeah, gonna be
11: epic the, the little one's already the instigator and gets to the big one's way and like climbs on her and stuff no, it's begun.
3: <laughs> what's your uh we'll talk some football what's your saturday looking like brian no ecu football you uh covering anything hanging at the house what you got going on
11: yeah, we'll hang at the house. This will be kind of a pumpkin weekend. We'll go yeah. spend some pumpkins for the kids and kind of get into the, the uh, holiday spirit. I'd like to check out NC State at Boston College. I think that's going to be a, a pretty good game Saturday night. Uh, kind of checked out already on UNC and Miami, both of those teams. yeah, uh, Boy, really underachieving. And then it's kind of a it's a cool game. It's a cool Saturday for um, the, the lower division schools in our state. Fayetteville State's 4-0. They've got a big home game. Um, Chowan was ranked the top twenty-five for the first time ever in, in uh, D two, and, and they they've got another big one. So there's there's some some good games around the state if you uh, are kind of into college football beyond the Division one level.
3: You mentioned UNC Miami. I didn't really think about it till you brought it up. That's two preseason top fifteen teams going at it. They have been relegated to ACC Network on a Saturday, Brian. This was one going into the year. If things went the way the prognostication said they were going to go, this is like your primetime ABC game at Keenan Stadium. But instead, it is it's a complete afterthought. It, it really doesn't matter.
11: This was supposed to be for the division title, right? This was supposed to be going to go to the championship game. And so, and now it's not, it's just been, it's almost like survivor game at this point. Whoever loses just might as well not play the rest of the season based on the expectations at the beginning of the season.
3: Uh, I guess the game, you've got Clemson at Syracuse tonight, which it was four years ago on a Friday night. Uh, Dino Babers, which I said earlier in the week, this might be why wow, he still has a job at Syracuse because he beat Clemson a few years ago. Uh, I don't know. Can they uh, repeat that feat tonight, Clemson? I think coming off a bye, so they begin their second half of the season trying to get right on the offensive side. So I'm kind of I'm interested in this one tonight to see if Clemson comes out and looks like the Clemson of old or you know are they what we've seen in 2021 i mean we've seen kind of a big enough sample size to say they just aren't that good offensively this year
11: right their defense is good and defense usually travels with the uh, the uh, carrier dome a tough ta- place to play so uh, I'm, I'm curious in final score but this has just been an ugly clemson team to watch we've been blessed because we cared that cornell powell played for them the last four or five years and so that gave us a rooting interest around these parts. And so I watched a lot of Clemson football looking for 17. Well, not only do I not see that 17 out there this year, I have just not seen very good offense. And it's been tough to watch this Clemson team. So coming off a of bye week, I'm curious what changes that uh, that they've made to try and get better on the offensive side of the ball because it's almost been unwatchable.
3: NC State, 4-1. and one. They have not lost in the ACC. And they got Boston College, as you said, coming up. Uh, big game on Saturday night. This one in years past looks like the obvious tripping up point for NC State, but I don't know, Brian. I'm looking down the schedule. I think, like, Louisville at home or at Florida State, Like it, I, I think they win and give their fans something to get excited about and lose later in the year. How about you?
11: Could be, You know, coming off a bye week, I, would, I feel a little bit better about NC State than I would if they were coming off the Louisiana Tech game yeah. because I still think they had Clemson in their systems. I think they've had time to flush Clemson that victory out of their system now and refocus, and let me tell you, Boston College is 4-1, and one, and they're no pushover this year. And it's a place that NC State has struggled, 3-7 and seven all time, at Boston College. So this is one of those games that the more you look at it, at first you're like, oh, whatever, you know, it should be a, a Wolfpack victory, but the more you analyze it, you realize this could be a better, more competitive game than you think. They haven't won there since 2017, so I think this game has the retention, and again, I think the advantage for them is coming off that bye week uh, because it's, they've been able to focus in a little bit more on that. Now, having said that, you're right. That could be a Louisville stumble. Wake Forest always gives NC State fits. There's still a, a bunch of key games for the Wolfpack down the stretch, but I think the bye came at the perfect time for them.
3: Most important game might be one that I don't have any cares for, and that's Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech, two yeah. teams that are 1-0 in the ACC. So that one going on at Lane Stadium coming up, and you mentioned Wake Forest, Brian. They are in a position right now, and again, we've gone over their second half of the schedule. It's tough, but they are in a spot right now, Brian, where, I mean, you could say, okay, how about this? If Wake Forest runs the table in a down ACC, are they a college football playoff team? Let's get in that ESPN first take debate real quick. Would they have done enough? to get in over undefeated Cincinnati or you know, one loss Ohio State, one loss Oregon. What do they do with an undefeated Wake Forest team?
11: Well, I think so, but I, I'm the guy that still thinks they should put the, the conference champion.
3: You're a big conference champion guy. Yeah.
11: Yeah, I think, you know, you play your regular season, you want it to matter, well, win your regular season conference games, and then go win your conference championship, and that punches your ticket into the playoffs, so for me, yes, you run the gauntlet of the ACC, even though their non-conference schedule wasn't great, uh, you, you go undefeated in the ACC, I still think that gets you a seat at the table, now... Uh, all your sec people will say no way they'd rather have a three loss team for the sec in there and just make it the sec tournament uh with four teams but no I, I when you're a power five conference and this is why you did all those things okay one power five conference doesn't get a seat at the table each year the other four others should so take your four conference champions in the acc i still think is probably better than what the pac-12 maybe or, or the I don't know Big Twelve, but I I certainly think that that gets them a seat at the table, or it should this year. But that's my opinion. I'm not one of those SEC snob elitists that think their football doesn't stink.
3: I, and I'm I'm usually I, I don't care because it's the same teams every year. But this has been a really fun year of college football. Kind of rode off Oklahoma because they kept winning so close. They got a chance to still run the table and be there at the end. Alabama has a loss. Uh, could have another before the season's over. Ohio State, Oregon uh, have a loss, but Oregon beat Ohio State. And then you've got yep. Cincinnati sitting there. Iowa, all those Big Ten teams that are ranked in the top ten have to play each other. So uh, it's, a, it's a fun year of college football. It's a little different from the norm, and that's a good thing.
11: And this will tell you how elitist uh, the selection committee is because if they start putting in two lost teams into the playoffs from major conferences – Instead of a Cincinnati who could run the table, I mean, maybe is this the year they finally let somebody else in because the other conferences aren't as dominant? I just well, I I don't.
3: You're not going to see a two-loss team in, but the here's the nightmare scenario for you, Brian, and for a lot of folks: Uh, Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship. Both of them get in, right? So then half your playoff is SEC, and that takes a spot from uh, probably a Wake or a Cincinnati.
11: I fully expect Alabama to be in. They've been so dominant, except for one game, and I continue to think they'll be dominant the rest of the year. Uh, whether they, you know, I, I, I fully expect them to be in. I don't think the committee. There's no way they will not put in.
3: But well, if, if they lose uh, Georgia in the championship with two losses, I think they're out at that point.
11: No, well, you would think so. But if everybody else comes back to the field as well, yeah, yeah. This is this is the, this is the thing. Is you, you talk about Wake Forest in Cincinnati. They can be perfect for the whole year, but unless the rest of the field comes back to them per se, yeah. everybody has to have a loss, then, then they don't get in. But if they run the table and, and these other teams come back, that gives them the chance. It's not so much they have to do what they have to do, but they've got to hope for other teams to stumble. Otherwise, they don't get in.
3: No, you're right. And uh, I usually don't like these hypothetical discussions, but now that it's, it's a lot you know, wide open uh, the way it is this year, it's it's a little more fun to discuss to see what these teams were not used to seeing uh, – can do to be able to get in so it's uh it's fun week to week it was a, a great uh, college football saturday uh, last week hoping for another one tomorrow
11: even jmu lost last week that's how much carnage took place
3: they lost to uh i was watching a um a gambling show and did they lose to villanova
11: villanova at yeah. home that is that is really rare for the dukes to not only lose at home but to lose to villanova at home
3: carrie kittles had 32 points <laughs> and seven rebounds
11: They went to the slowdown offense, yes, and shot 78% from the field.
3: That is correct. Who's the Duke's head coach now, Brian?
11: Kirk Signetti, who was
3: at Eli. Oh, was he at North Carolina as a coordinator once? He's been at all those schools, yeah, as
11: a coordinator at some point, yes.
3: I recognize that name. All right, North, uh, I believe I saw Brett Kennedy covering a game during the week. It might have been Monday night, and I thought about you because it was a trophy game. Maybe you remember what I'm talking about, but. Oh,
11: yeah, the Anchor Bowl on the north side. Yeah. South side of
3: do we have any good trophy? I know you love a trophy game, Brian. We got any trophy <laughs> games this weekend, this Friday?
11: How Rose and Newburn don't play for a trophy is beyond me because they've had so many great games, but we do have one. We have Swansboro and Croatan, the neighbors on the Onslow Carteret border. They play for the Ice Cream Bowl.
3: <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs>
11: Which is disappointing that the trophy is actually a football, right? It should be oh. a cream bowl.
3: Yeah, like a scoop, a golden scoop would be cool. That's I don't know. Really
11: so I just the, 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 trophy, the, the trophy game game around here just isn't good. Mullet Bucket's number one. Anchor Bowl is right there. Fossil Bowl isn't even a bowl. It's a plaque. I, for years, said I was going to get into the trophy-making business <laughs> and come up with a trophy <laughs> for all of these big hype games and make them yeah. cool trophy. Well, I was gonna say
3: when you retire, Brian, and you've been around so much, you know so much about these schools. I think you should start a a one man committee of naming these rivalry games and coming up with the trophies. I think that'd be great.
11: I was super pumped that Campbell and Gardner Webb played for the barbecue trophy. That's cool. It, but it looked like the same thing as the Floyd of Rosedale. It was just a pig on a trophy.
3: Yeah. And it
11: was. Yeah. You know. It, get some
3: creativity, people. Execution of
11: creativity seems to be lacking a little bit these days and has me frustrated. But at least we had a trophy game in the state.
3: There we go. Uh I, and it would be cool if you could make a trophy with like half bear, half rampant, which is like four different animals yeah. combined. Right. Do something like that.
11: I was coming up with an idea for the Craven County, like county trophies, you would think, you know, and Havelock, yeah. and Burn and West Craven Paul play and, and you give it the, the traveling trophy to the county champion and I was trying to come up with like a half bear, ram, eagle, sort of <laughs> something, you know. Yeah, I hadn't, I, w- I was getting to there, but I, I've never. I, I'm just as bad as the people I'm making fun of for not coming, not following through on the execution.
3: <laughs> North, we'll wrap it up with some NFL talk. The Panthers went from three and zero to uh, we might be three and three after this Sunday. They got a uh, an important one with the uh, with another NFC team, the Minnesota Vikings. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, and I watched a lot of the game last week i had it on while following the football team and all the other action but the panthers were in control of that game against the eagles for seemingly i don't know what 40 minutes like they had it the entire time and uh and the eagles ended up sneaking out of charlotte with the win that's one that i think the panthers are going to look back on and say yeah we should have got that one
11: That game reminded me so much of two different ECU games this year. Yeah, It seemed like they were in control, got conservative. The defense, which they were relying on, couldn't make the plays they needed to at the end and they they let uh, defeat uh, slip away from the jaws of victory. So that was a frustrating loss for the Panthers because Sam Darnold throws three interceptions. He had his worst game as quarterback. Uh, The offense has been great between the 20s this year. They just have not been finishing off drives and they've had problems with their kicking game as well. So uh, they were, they've been playing with fire all year with that offense, and it caught up to them against the Eagles because that's a game that they should have, could have won, and uh, now we'll see how they bounce back and learn from it. Look, Christian McCaffrey, if they get him back, makes a world of difference just with matchups and how you can execute your offense. You look a lot better offensively with C-Max back there than you do without him, and so uh, Sam Darnold looks a lot better when 22's out there than he does when he's not.
3: Yeah, and it looks like uh, one marquee running back might be playing this week, and that would be Dalvin Cook and not sure about McCaffrey. So if the Vikings get Cook and uh, McCaffrey out for the Panthers, advantage of Vikings for sure. Uh, North, appreciate the time as always. We'll let you get back to your busy uh, family life there, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
8: All right,
11: sounds good, Clippy. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend off. No fifth-quarter rants this week on my Twitter.
3: Yeah, if you feel like, uh, let's see, calling me around seven o'clock and bitching and screaming, uh, you know, just to make it feel like a normal Saturday, feel free to do that.
11: I've never seen you on the edge like I saw you last week. It was a, uh, it was great Twitter.
3: Ah, uh, look, I gave the guy a chance to get out. I, I, I even agreed. I did the old, I got you, man. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I did that three or four times, and then that was it. That was it. It was done. Yeah. You
11: know, I- I can't wait. Cranky clip is coming out. Once you join the old guys group here, man, another ten years, it's going to be can't miss Saturday uh Twitterism.
3: In two and a half-ish weeks, Brian, I'm hitting forty, so I'm I'm there, man. Oh, yep, oh. yep.
11: Whoa! All right, we got to come up with something. We got that
3: one. North, thank you, buddy. All right, see you, Clippy brian north joining us on a football friday edition of pirate radio live bye week for the pirates so uh hope everybody enjoys their time with their families watching football got a lot of some playoff baseball to watch this weekend that's exciting hurricanes won last night uh I tell you what let's take a break we'll come back we'll uh we'll take a look at the buccaneer music hall scoreboard for the weekend because shirley and i and chandler and glenn won't be here to tell you what's going on with the action but we will get you ready for it all when we return on pirate radio live on a friday back with you after this
0: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light, reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Let's take a quick look at your stock market report. It's a good one. The Dow was up 382 points and closed at 35,294. NASDAQ was ahead 73 at fourteen thousand eight hundred ninety-seven and the SP was up thirty-three at four thousand four hundred seventy one. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at seven five six in uh, excuse me, seven five six sixty nine hundred in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock.
3: All right, wrapping it up on a Friday. a getaway Friday. Uh, no no Bud Light like pregame tailgate or u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show coming up on saturday so let's take a look at uh at what is going on let's start uh major league baseball oh by the way thanks to john moody p1 listener who's uh trying to redeem himself for some bad information but he's back in our good graces he says the boomerang move is a popular instagram filter amongst the young kids
2: yes it is oh so you like drop the leaves and then you do the uh, okay i got i thought it was a child's game uh maybe i'm
3: practice I, your leaf throwing boomerang moves
2: yeah i mean i get it like so you throw the leaves at the camera and you put the boomerang filter on it, and it makes it look and they're going back in your hand mm, you know? okay all it's right something the, ki- the, ch- the kids are doing these thank days. you john i did not know that though all right i feel well i knew what I didn't realize
1: that that was what it, if it was referencing. Filter, to, I, would have I gotten. Yeah, it. I understand what Boomerang is, but geez, I felt old for a second there.
3: Boomerang is a movie with Eddie Murphy in it.
1: Yes, <laughs> uh, Halle Berry too, right?
3: Halle Berry. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I never saw it. I just remember it was the thing in the nineties. Boomerang. Red Sox at Astros tonight. Chris Sale on the mound for the uh, Red Sox. That game is eight oh seven on Fox. The Braves begin their postseason or their nlcs i should say against the dodgers on saturday night at eight o'clock red Sox astros will play game two saturday at 4 20 so uh dang. that's what's going on in baseball did you hit Sorry. a dang? dang
1: yeah yeah because I, i'm gonna have to i've got my nephew my great nephew's birthday party at what's so great about him well, he's my nephew's son, and so he's my great-nephew, but he turns one on Sunday, so we're oh, having a birthday party. you not know if party. you're there or not. Everybody else will. <laughs> <laughs> it's not him I'm worried
2: about. But anyway,
1: I, I'm going to have to cut that thing short. 4.20? I'm going to say, all right, I'm here for an hour, and then i got to bounce. Uh, yeah.
2: Appearances are the power move at birthdays, if you think about it.
1: Oh, yeah. Normally... Especially during football season, I make appearances. I don't show up and stay. I usually show up, I maybe there 10-15 minutes and I bounce. Chandler
3: uh, stays for like 4 days when he makes <laughs> appearances during football season.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. We well played.
3: Roast the ones we love. Tonight in our college football. So, it's weird to see to know there's a game happening but it's not in front of me cuz I have the top 25 schedule pulled up. Cal at Oregon. San Diego State at San Jose State. There's two top 25 games tonight. What's that? Is is there an ACC game tonight? Yeah, Clemson. They're not in the top 25, so they're not listed here. Clemson at Syracuse. That seems problematic. How do you say Syracuse? Syracuse. Syracuse. (laughs) Syracuse in the Carrier Dome. They won their uh, Syracuse beat Clemson there five years ago on a Friday night. A little uh, just saying, Dino is it Dino Babers, Dino Babers, yeah. A little Dino Babers magic that's the only reason he's still employed there. That one win that he had against yeah. Clemson.
2: Did, did he turn uh, was that he didn't have Greg Paulus? That was that was that was <laughs> long before
3: him. <laughs> we are going way back now.
2: That was some time ago.
3: Greg Paulus did play a uh, football quarterback for Syrac- Syracuse, Syracuse, uh, Cincinnati, a huge favorite of a UCF. That is noon on ABC, noon on Fox, Oklahoma State is at Texas, noon on CBS, Auburn at Arkansas, noon on ESPN, Florida at LSU.
2: You'd love to see Cincinnati get the treatment. The ABC? Bump. Yeah, you love to see him get the bump.
3: Yeah, that's good for them. Uh, CBS 330, Georgia. The They are 21.5-point favorites against Kentucky, who's number 11 in the country, by the way and the total is 44 and a half but
2: it's down it's down in
3: athens so they're saying kentucky's gonna score
2: like 10 points that would be an offensive explosion (laughs) against, against this georgia defense
3: yeah they are tough speaking of low numbers iowa they don't give up any points their total is 43 in their game against purdue I was the number two team in the country. They play tomorrow at 3.30. Bama at Mississippi State, 7 o'clock on ESPN. I think the game I'm looking forward to the most, 82 is the total. Is that Tennessee, Ole Miss? Ole Miss at Tennessee. Tennessee's been playing great the last two weeks. Ole Miss puts up a million points. That's going to be a shootout. That could be the game of the weekend, easy. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that yeah. one. NC State, Boston College, 7.30 on is ACC Network.
2: Uh, 82. Hey minutes a lot of points. It might is, as well but it feels like we're gonna get there
3: 50 to 45 yeah that's a winner all right big dog enjoyed it shirley Rhodes, great job as always make sure you enjoy your seerty at your great nephew's party good luck to your red Sox. thank you and uh
1: good luck to my phoenix mer- mer- mercury
3: crazy mercury. about a mercury mercury we'll uh <laughs> see you fine folks monday at three on an all-new edition of pirate radio live have a great weekend Do not call me and complain about football.
0: (laughs) We'll do that next Saturday. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate
6: Nation.